I'm Dan Mack. And this is Chris Mack. And I'm Pete. And you're listening to episode 21 of the Shred Shack Podcast, your weekly source of news and uninformed yet heavily biased opinions pertaining to all things heavy metal. It's 2016! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> and actually, we're back after two weeks because I got sick last week and could not spend enough time away from the bathroom to do a podcast. So We couldn't uh, bring the, the podcast to you either because that just would have been very uncomfortable for yeah. everybody. I don't yeah. think the sound would have been very good. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been a little echoey. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll cue in some sounds of what this was like last <laughs> week. <laughs> toilet flushing. Toilet flushes. Maybe some canned laughter to make it all like married with children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be, uh, that'd be fantastic. Uh, so I think we're going to start off with the huge bit of news from the last week, which, not surprising, but devastating. Yep, mildly. So, so Chris, take it away. Lemmy. Lemmy Kilmister from Motorhead has... Passed away at the age of 70. Yes, God has died. Yes. Um, he had been battling an extremely aggressive form of cancer, which he only heard about on December 26th, which was two days before he passed away. Um, he died peacefully at home. Apparently, he was surrounded by close friends and family, and he had the game from the Rainbow Bar and Grill next to his bedside. Well, I think, what was it, two days, like, shortly before he died, he had his birthday party. Yeah, it was like a week before, because yeah. his, his birthday was like, like a few days before he was uh he got the diagnosis yeah and i think the party was a few days before that because later on uh, as i'm about to say his manager uh gave some details concerning the diagnosis and of course no way had any idea he just learned about it on saturday which was two days before he passed away because he passed away this past tuesday that he even had cancer and the doctor told him he had between two to six months to live he gets home from tour we have a big birthday party for him at the whiskey a go-go his friends come down and played two days later I could tell he wasn't feeling good, so we took him to the hospital. They released him. Then after the brain scan, they found the cancer in his brain and his neck. The doctor comes back with the results a couple days later, and it's terminal. So this was apparently something he's been suffering from for a while, but they just found out about it recently. Probably the whole thing with the neck explains a lot of the breathing issues, probably. Probably, yeah. yeah. Um, And of course, drummer Mickey D goes, Motorhead is over, of course. Lemmy was Motorhead. But the band will live on in the memories of many. We won't be doing any more tours or anything, and there won't be any more records. But the band, the, but the brand survives, and Lemmy lives on in the hearts of everyone. With with the longevity of their career, there's got to be some stuff. Oh, I'm sure the, there's outtakes yeah, there's, and, yeah. and rough drafts of stuff. They're still releasing stuff from Hendrix. He died almost 40 years ago. Yeah. So, uh, well, Tupac's still releasing albums, and he's. A hologram. <laughs> <laughs> a very prolific hologram. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that was, like like you said earlier, like, not surprising, but still very devastating. Because devastating. Yeah. we've been talking about this for a while. It's almost since we started this podcast is when he started having a lot of health issues on the last tour, uh, canceling shows, and, you know, and we were talking about whether it's enough is enough for Motorhead and Lemmy in particular, and it just proved to be enough is enough well I think the good news is that he finished the tour I, I was going to say I think he went out the way he wanted to he came out with a really good record last year he finished his tour and he passed away a couple 
weeks later. Had a sweet uh, ass birthday. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he made it to seventy, a nice round number, and and it was it was just about that time. Yeah. And and let's think about that. I mean, to be seventy and still like fucking rocking out. Yeah, right. In front of a st- an audience like that. I mean, that's amazing. Like, yeah, I actually went back and listened that. to Bad Magic this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and for all those who don't know, that was the last Motorhead record, and it was a badass record, and. Like I don't, I didn't appreciate it when it first came out, but now that he's passed and, I, and reflecting on the fact that he was a seventy-year-old man and still producing such really kick-ass tunes, mm. more power to the man <laughs> for sure. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about um, "Innuendo" by Queen. Mm-hmm. When you go back and listen to it, like they hadn't toured in years. Last album before he died, you can you can hear like a bit of finality in it, especially the last track being "The Show Must Go On." Like, Freddie, Freddie Mercury knew it was coming. Mm. And it, it, it kind of gives you a greater appreciation of, like, the emotion to the album. So. Yeah, so. Rest in peace, Lemmy. It's an unfortunate series of events here. This is the time that I wish I either had a really good Lemmy impression or I had one of my <laughs> friends who have good Lemmy impressions right here, right now. But we don't, unfortunately. Um, so, obviously, that was the huge news for the week. Um Normally we would do that under new business, but we had to get that one out of the way now. Yeah, that was uh, the whole waiting for it to until we hit the new business would have been yeah. kind of a slap in the face. Well, what's interesting is we don't have anything for old business, so we're going to go into new business. That's the cue for the clip. And this is new business, and we do not discuss new business until next quarter. And we don't have any new album releases to talk about, so we would have been talking about it right now anyway. True. Good point. So, but yeah. um. Yeah, again, we, we were gone for two weeks, but because the last two weeks, the last two release days were Christmas and New Year's Day, not much stuff came out, and what did come out, um, we didn't get much time to listen to, just because, you know, it's it's a holiday, give us a break. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so we have no new releases to talk about for the last two weeks. Obviously, it's going to change in the coming weeks, because we got a whole bunch of, we got a couple of big names coming out, mm-hmm. and I'm looking forward to Megadeth. Well, that comes later on in our discussion. Yes, but we are going to go into the rest of general news right now, so Chris, continue on with news. All right, so if you live under a rock, you may not have heard this, but apparently Guns N' Roses has been confirmed will feature <laughs> Alex Axel Rose, Slash, and probably Duff McKagan to headline this year's Coachella Festival in April. Some big quotation marks around Yeah, I, I made sure that when I wrote down in the script, it was... "Quote unquote confirmation." Like how you say "living under a rock" because those confirmations have been around for twenty fucking yeah. years. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, the band is in is also in talks to play as many as twenty five football stadiums in North America in the summer of two thousand sixteen. In addition, Guns N' Roses will be one of the first acts to play the new Las Vegas Arena, set to open up April sixth. Now, here's some fun stuff right here. I like fucking love this shit, assholes. Anyway. Guns N' Roses is said to be asking up to $3 million per show with tickets topping out in the $250 to $275 range. Now, this is all, of course, the culmination of the rumors and teasing that has been going on the last few days, including images displayed on the official Guns N' Roses website of the original band logo from Appetite for Destruction. And anyone who saw Star Wars uh, the Force Awakens the past uh, couple weekends. In select theaters, they show um, first look before the movie starts. It's kind of like their run of advertisements and commercials and whatnot. And they have first look music. And each time the, the clip came up, there's a crowd noise. And then all of a sudden you heard like the opening riff of 
uh, Welcome to the Jungle. Then it would clip fall away. Then a little bit longer clip, and then so on and so forth. So it was just teasing that something with Guns N' Roses is happening. And then, of course, this news came out. And now, apparently, uh, Axl Rose is set to appear on Jimmy Kimmel Live next week to address the talk of these um, classic GNR lineup um, shows. The only thing about this is, is that Dizzy, or Izzy, is it Izzy? Izzy. Izzy. Izzy Reed and uh, Steve Adler are not involved. These are the guys from, uh, of course, um, Appetite for Destruction. And neither is Matt Sorum from the Use Your Illusion albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like the uh, current guys from Guns N' Roses are going to be playing. Uh, Richard Fortis, I think, is the, the guitarist, and I'm not sure who the drummer is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, oh, Dizzy Reed is the... Um, Dizzy Reed is the, um, keyboard, the player. keyboard player. Yeah, he's he's been around with Axel forever, so he's probably just going to stick around for this tour. <laughs> so, Pete and I have talked about this a couple times, and Pete, what were you? What do you keep saying to me? I will believe it when I see it. Like until Axel Rose gets his ass on stage, then it's official. <laughs> until even then, then, yeah, even then, that's <laughs> the point. because even then he might just pass out and like there'll be no show. And, well, mean, <laughs> my favorite thing was I think it was on New Year's Day. Axel Rose tweeted something on on Twitter and saying the only thing I can confirm is my love of Taco Bell. Oh <laughs> Love you, Taco Bell. Happy New Year. No shit, bro. <laughs> yeah, really no shit. looking at your chins, I think we can tell you love Taco Bell. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I just who cares? Is my thing like who cares this much to pay that much money to go see them? I mean, I don't know. Like, I'd much I, rather see Slash do anything else than yes, play Guns N' Roses tunes. Absolutely, is true. <laughs> I mean, okay, there's that part of me that wants to see it, but there's so many roadblocks between me saying maybe and me saying yes. First of all, the price. Second of all, the uncertainty of Axl Rose. Mm-hmm. Third of all, the uncertainty of Axl Rose's performance. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. <sighs> um, I, I know that the band will be fine. Of course. Yeah, but, but Axl Rose, I, I still, every time I think now, of Axl Rose now, I, I sent you that cracked video when they're doing that acoustic show and... And like he's just having a hard time holding any note. It's an acoustic one, <laughs> <laughs> and you're failing. <laughs> it just like it just looks bad. He doesn't seem to be. He doesn't seem to have the on stage persona that he used to. And it's just you, you look like shit. You sound like shit. And it's just I, I'm hoping like maybe he's spent the last few months working on his game here like jogging yeah well, <laughs> not just that but like his voice <clears throat> I don't care if he stood still the whole show as long as he can actually sing in the microphone and not sound like like dogs fucking well you know when I when I mean jogging I'd just be able to like you know hold just to like you know breathe yeah <laughs> but yeah, whatever just, yeah again I mean I'm a fan of Guns N' Roses but I'm a fan of what Guns N' Roses was mm-hmm. that's so yeah. like you know after the user illusion 2 I'm like, I'm good. I'll listen to the records. You guys don't have to play shows. Yeah, it's it's become kind of a joke at this point, and not even a funny joke. Either. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much potential for it to be like a train wreck, and then just to further like worsen like the the tarnished image that they have right. at this point. You know, like, and not even that. It, it could be like um, um, 
another problematic thing, like how when they got when uh, Van Halen got Sammy Hagar back, and that just made things between them even worse. Yeah, like yeah. that's what I'm expecting. Like they they kind of refuel the hatred of Slash and Axel, and it's, then they're like really throwing bows at each other. You know, yeah. I just this is definitely probably like the cash grab of all cash grabs. <laughs> Like they'll play the shows. They probably won't even look at each other. Yep. You know, they'll just go through the motions for the tour, and then at the end of it, you know, they'll start cursing each other out in the media again, and just be just like old shit. I'm, I'm hoping for the best, but I'm expecting the worst. Yep, that's it. And don't hold your breath. <gasps> yeah, don't do that. <laughs> all right, moving on. Speaking of breakups and whatnot, all four members that aren't Frankie Palmieri quit Emuer. <laughs> Uh, earlier Christmas week. That's your Christmas gift, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. In an interview, ex-bassist Mark Davis simply hinted at negativity, quote-unquote, from Palmieri as a reason for the mass exodus. Palmieri issued a statement later on saying that there is, in fact, a new lineup right now and we are currently working on a new studio album. Details about all of that will come to light as the weeks and months progress, but do know that there is something to look forward to. <laughs> My favorite is that you sit there and say, we have a new lineup, so look forward to it in a few weeks. It's like, you don't have a lineup. Yeah, right. You, you want those few weeks to go get a lineup. I also like, a lot of people use the term, uh, come to light. Do you ever notice that? Well, I, I usually notice it in, in people who are accused of something horrible. It's like, the right. truth will come to light. <laughs> it's like, no, I don't think so, but... You're a douchebag. I think the only way that that can actually that the, that the phrase "come to light" works is God's going to cut you down, the traditional song that Johnny Cash covered. Mm, yes. So yes. Anything by Johnny Cash. Love the shirt, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah. My, my, <laughs> my, my, my sweet Cash shirt. All right, what's next? All right, all right. Thy will be done. Have launched a crown, a crown, crown funding, crowd, <laughs> crowd funding campaign to help cover medical costs for drummer Jay Waterman who is currently recovering from his recent cardiac arrest. Did we discuss that? I don't think we did. I think we might have just glanced right over that. So hey, um, the drummer from Thy Will Be Done had went to cardiac arrest recently. Yeah. <laughs> just letting you know that. I guess I, I dropped the ball on I that bit of news. I don't know anything about Thy Will Be Done, actually. So uh, It was on one of the websites. I figured I'd, I'd, you know, I'd okay. do the news on it. One of my favorite ones here is... Uh, we reported many weeks ago that Born of uh, Osiris is, um, what is it, his guitar? Yeah, the guitarist broke his foot. Um, so while they were playing on stage a couple weeks ago, uh, they brought out a couch for him to sit on. That's cool. So <laughs> so he's sitting there on like this like love chair on stage just with his foot propped up on like an ottoman and rocking out. It's, I just thought it was funny. It's, all, it's almost as cool as um, as Dave Grohl and his throne. No, that thing is badass. <laughs> that thing is awesome. <laughs> I hope so. I hope they got to keep that one. The throne? Yeah, the throne. Of course. He's sitting in the backyard. Right now. Next album documentary you're going to see in the backyard. <laughs> He's sitting there in his garage. <laughs> his kids are all over it. Guys. All right. Here's, here's a fun what the fuck moment here. Uh, Christopher Gambach was in a Madison, Wisconsin bar enjoying the soothing sounds of Black Sabbath while enjoying a refreshing beverage at the Farm Tavern Bar. Um... Monday afternoon, when the music was suddenly shifted by the bartender from the Godfathers of Metal to Christmas music. Please note that this was this was after Christmas happened. Um, he was having none of that, so he proceeded to throw a bottle of beer at the bartender. Of course, he was later arrested and charged with disorderly conduct. What a douche! <laughs> 
like I, I have mm-hmm. a I have a hate on for for Christmas music like any other drunken white man, but <laughs> <laughs> but not enough that I'm going to sit there and say motherfucker. <laughs> Well, apparently it was a female bartender too, and he saw, he shouted like you know expletives and sexually thing sexual things at her. So, oh, then then then, then he's just a double douchebag. Yeah. Double douchebag. Like that, that picture that they have, that that mug shot that looks like a natural shot of him. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a mug shot. That was his driver's license. Douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so rap metal pioneer Stuck Mojo have confirmed that they have parted ways with vocalist Bonds and bassist Corey Lowry a year after playing a well-received reunion show in the band's hometown of Atlanta, Georgia. The new members have already been... Oh, two new members have already re, have already been recruited and a new studio album has been completed with tentative plans to release the CD sometime in the mid middle of 2016. I feel like the last one just came out, didn't it? Well, apparently, I mean, they broke up for a while. Uh, Bonds and, and Corey Lowry were out of the band for a while. They weren't a thing. And they had this reunion show just a year ago. And apparently it was well received. They were going to do a new one, and now I thought they, I thought Stuck Mojo, no, Bonds did a solo album. That's what I was thinking of. Got it. Okay. Speaking of splitting up, there's a whole lot of that going on here. Yeah, seriously, it seems to be the season. Uh, Skid Row have parted ways with vocalist Tony Harnell, who had just joined the band this past May. He had replaced Johnny Solinger, who'd been the band's frontman for the past 15 years after Sebastian Bach's departure. Now, of course. The whole reunion uh, rumors are happening with for Sebastian Bach to come back to, to Skid Row. The band has just dramatically shot that down. Absolutely not. There's no fucking way we're doing it. The rumors are right now is that they have recruited um, ZP Thirt, uh, the singer, the former singer of Dragon Force, to uh, sing for them. Who so he's a pretty good vocalist. Yeah, I could definitely see him singing. You know, eighteen alive. I don't know about that. I, I feel like. As good a singer as he is, which, you know, he's not, like, you know, drop-dead amazing, but I, I don't know if he has the same power as, as someone like Sebastian Bach. Well, he's going to be a higher gun anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I mean, the, the Tank album that he uh, was featured on was pretty good, so. <clears throat> but um, I just want to say, like, again, you were saying that a lot of these guys are, you know, bands are breaking up and everything. I want to report a bit of fictional news that Tim Ripper Owens has been fired from every single band that he's in on, <laughs> on Christmas Day. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Poor <Let> me, Tim. <laughs> wait a minute. I, I formed this band. <laughs> now you're out. Get out. <laughs> Poor Tim. A tiny Tim. There it is. <laughs> There's <laughs> just a crush that says Judas Priest on it. <laughs> that goes to Christmas future, Tiny Tim. <laughs> just, just so we're all clear, we fucking love Tim Owens. We love Tim Owens. <laughs> just, just, it's, it's just, it's, it's just a, his string of bad just, luck. Yeah, the string of joining bands and then getting kicked out of them and getting fired from Ice Earth on Christmas Day. That's because John Schaefer can be something of a dick. Yeah, you know. Anyway, moving on to some upbeat news here. According to the the Pulse of Radio, Taylor Swift may have been the top touring act of 2015 with her 1989 tour grossing upwards of $250.4 million worldwide. That is not upbeat. But it was veteran rock act ACDC that sold the most tickets this year. Yeah, of course. They sold 2.31 million tickets to beat Swift, who sold 2.27 million. ACDC did benefit from performing 15 more shows, but who gives a fuck? I think this is also 
people wanting to see a classic band just before they go. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm sure they put on a still still put on a great show though. They also did hold down the number two spot as far as earnings go with 180 million dollars. Well, that's that's pretty far off from the 250.4 million. Well, let's just see who's charging more. I think Taylor Swift is probably charging a shit ton oh, more. Yeah. If she sold less tickets and made twice as much, or a hundred million dollars more, yeah, and played less shows. I guess, so. I guess maybe it's also a matter of where those shows are being done, too. Because I, I would assume that she's a bit bigger in America than anything. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think... Worldwide. Yeah, I think her... Uh, she has, she played like four or five nights at the Staples Center in L.A. So, I mean, that's a huge venue to begin with. Yeah. And I'm sure, like, like I said, ticket prices are probably through the roof. Mm-hmm. America. But yeah, pretty much. All right, moving on. Camper Von Beethoven and Cracker Frontman. Remember Cracker? Uh... I'm sure if you heard the song um, "Low," I think it's called, I'm sure you, you would know it yeah. off the top, like right away. Anyway, their frontman David Lowry retained the law firm of McKellen and Robinson LLP have filed a class action lawsuit seeking at least 150 million dollars in damages against Spotify, alleging it knowingly, willingly, and unlawfully reproduces and distributes copyrighted compositions without obtaining mechanical licenses. More details are available at Billboard.com and RollingStone.com. <clears throat> now, hang on. This guy, is he representing the entire music industry, or is he specifically asking, I want $150 no, he's, because you're he's, a thief? No, he's representing the uh, the other musicians okay. in the lawsuit. Okay. He's the lead. Okay. Just want to make sure because... Yeah. Not, I, him, not him personally. <laughs> I was going to say, I want $150 million because you're stealing from everybody. Yeah. No, no. He's, he's, leading the, he's leading the charge against Spotify. We talked about Spotify having troubles with... Um. Oh my gosh, Victory Records. Victory Records. So this is just continuing but, on but with yeah, their problem. I'm just. I'm just saying, like, like Victory Records, twenty one thousand, twenty one thousand. I think it was. Yeah, something like for that for all of their artists, and then suddenly a hundred and fifty million. That's well, Spotify has an awful lot of stuff. So, like I said, this is a class action lawsuit. Yeah. So this is like a recall type of thing. I feel bad for all the paralegals in that one. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit! Right. So, but this is just. The ongoing problems that we probably see in like the streaming services, yeah. you know, yeah. so they're just keep on pumping out someone else's music without paying. So, just more on that to come, I'm sure. Yeah. Here's the funny one of the evening. I love this. I read this last night uh, during Motley Crue's quote unquote final <coughs> final <laughs> uh, performance. Tommy Lee got stuck during his drum solo. Where he essentially rides a roller coaster while playing drums. Wait. <laughs> you were drugs on here. Yeah, you were ruining drugs. You ruined drugs on here. Oh, did I? Yeah. Which is <laughs> still technically. Accurate, <laughs> well, but... okay. Wow, that's a major Freudian slip there, bro. Oh, my bad. I thought I copied and pasted. <laughs> I might have. <laughs> uh, so the Hollywood Reporter states that during Tommy Lee's solo, his infamous drum kit roller coaster malfunctioned, leaving the rock star suspended upside down halfway through his performance. As road crew members scrambled up the, the structure, Lee said, It looks like the roller coaster is broken. Well, fuck the roller coaster. Come get me, guys. Get me out of here. I can't believe this is happening on the last night. I knew something wasn't right when I took off. Lee then climbed down the roller coaster, and guitarist slash statue Mick Mars played a solo while Tex pushed the drum kit back down so he can actually finish the show. There are videos of the incident available on YouTube. Okay. <clears throat> <laughs> Here's the here's the thing. Now, if the, oh, if the solo hasn't changed <laughs> since I saw them, 
good on that because that <laughs> solo was pure shit. <laughs> now you haven't heard this rant before. Have you? you haven't heard my rant oh, before. Oh god, okay. no. Okay, <laughs> I'm Sit breaking back. it out. I may have done this on the previous podcast. Yes, you most certainly have. <laughs> okay, like I'll, twice. <laughs> I'll, I'll cut it short then. Okay. When you think of Motley Crue and you think about Tommy Lee, you think about his crazy drum solo and they suspend the thing right, and everything. Yeah. I was expecting some dude wailing on a drum kit upside down. What I got was some dude playing a basic beat of doom doom to a bad rap beat behind it. <laughs> and all it was was self-indulgent, like some, some voice going, Tommy Lee! Tommy <laughs> his own voice. And he, him playing this incredibly basic beat. I'm like, that's not a drum solo. That's just flaunting shit and it's boring yeah i mean like like you right now are up there with vince neal who is flaunting shit and being boring <laughs> yeah it just i i was horribly disappointed by the drum solo that's all simply that and if the solo has not changed and they actually did the same exact thing then maybe it's a sign <laughs> your last show with the band step it up <laughs> You got off easy. You got off easy. Because the night that I came home after seeing it, I was like, the fuck? <laughs> Actually, the the highlight of that uh, show was Mick Mars' solo. Because I was like, holy shit, how come you don't play like that all the time? You statue. <laughs> okay. All right, last bit of general news. This one is uh, always fun. Uh, Bring Me the Horizon's latest album, That's the Spirit, has netted them a new gold record in their native UK. It represents one hundred thousand sales for the record in the band's in the band's hometown in the band's home country, so that's cool. Now I don't know, and they didn't say this in the article whether uh, the UK charts and UK sales are the same as here in America with streaming and physical sales and whatnot. I would, I would assume, assume yes. that this is just physical sales. Yeah, I would assume that. I don't know. That's something to look into. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because, you know, we've covered the whole, the way Billboard covers it. Yeah. And, you know, Adele has sold upwards of 4 million copies of her record already. But we know that that's because it's physical and it's streaming and it's digital sales and et cetera. That's right. Shred Shack getting more international 2016. (laughs) Well, we got past 500 likes. So, oh, shit, dude. Sky's the limit now. Uh, Like I said, I was waiting, like... On, on, on New Year's Eve, like waiting for the numbers to drop, like no, no, no. <laughs> well, we got we got we got five oh three before New Year, so I was like, all right, even if one person unlikes us, we're still okay. I was honestly thinking of just unliking the page just to make Dan. I said the same right. thing. <laughs> Man, someone in this room is a dick. <laughs> Actually, two someone because I said the same thing. And I was just stoked that the the people who put us over five who put us at five hundred and five hundred one were my buddy Steve and Chris mm-hmm. from back in the day. So that was that was awesome to to see that. So that's it for general news. I that's think we're it gonna for general on. news. Yeah, we're gonna move on to recording news. Yep, recording news. Um, this one, this album has already been recorded, so it's not something that we're looking forward to. But Art of Anarchy, uh, whose self titled debut is also Scott Weiland's final recording are giving away that debut album uh, for free in tribute to Wyland. You can go to their website and download it. Um, for those of you who do not know, Art of Anarchy is a band that was formed by ex-Guns N' Roses guitarist Bumblefoot and bassist John Moyer from Disturbed. Um, the funny thing about this is that I remember reading about this band when they were first coming out or first mentioning the, the record coming out, and Scott Wyland seemed to want nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. He continuously said that he was just a hired musician, a session musician 
who did some melodies and vocals on this record, and he had really had had nothing to do with this record at all. All the other guys say, he's like, no, he's in the band. There's press photos and everything. It's like, and Scott's like, nope, 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 nope. So I really don't know what the deal was with that. I listened to a couple of the tracks last night, and it's it's all right. Huh? Yeah, it's nothing special, really. Have you listened to uh, Beyond Velvet Revolver? Have you listened to anything that Scott Weiland has done beyond Stone Temple Pilots? No, no. Yeah, because I don't know what anything anything else he has done sounded like. Like, not even his solo stuff. Yeah, anything. well, I, I think when he first passed away and everyone was writing tributes to him and whatnot, one of the guys, on, I think it was on Mental Sucks, mentioned that 12 Bar Blues, it was his it's, first solo record. Like way back when. Yeah. yeah, was like a train wreck, but it was like one of those, kind of like a John Frusciante album where he was like high as shit on heroin and it was just like beautifully tragic kind of stuff. But then Happy with Galoshes, I think, was actually a little bit more cohesive and a little bit better than that. Okay. And then he did the he did a Christmas album a few years ago, um, where you know he did Christmas tracks and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I think there was another one. I'm not sure. They, there might have been something else he did. I'm not positive. If he did one with the Wildabouts as Scott Wallen and the Wildabouts. I thought he did an album with them, but I'm not sure. So yeah. uh, I'll eventually look into it. This next one I'm happy about, though. Yes, I know. You, I, as soon as I read it, I, I put it in there. I was like, Dan's going to, well, you know. Half of it I knew about already. So. I'm sure you did. Blind Guardian has apparently been working on an orchestral album for the last few years. Truth. All right. Hansi recently updated saying, we, we still are working on that. We definitely are going to release a live album somewhere in the middle of next year, being 2016, this year. Mm-hmm. All right. And we're going to continue with the orchestral album. I hope to, find, I hope to be finished with everything, including mixing, at the end of 2016. But I doubt that there is a chance that this is going to be released in 2016. It will probably be released in 2017. The orchestral one? 17? The orchestral one. Okay. When I went to go see Blind Guardian a couple weeks ago, they had mentioned that they were recording for live album. Okay. They're doing one of those, like, we're going to record every single city, and then we're going to pick what we like the most. Yeah, I think that, yeah, that's yeah. what I read later on in the article. So I'm excited for that, because I'm pretty sure they haven't had a live album since 2003, and that was a good one. Yeah, they mentioned that it's like it's been at least 10 years since their last one. Yeah. So and, and they're great live. Um, and when I did the I Saw a Show video, I had I had done a, a little bit of complaining about their the points where they kind of step back and let the band, uh, let the audience sing. But... One of the songs I had not been familiar with prior to this show, and now I can't get it out of my head, which is The Last Candle, which I use as the intro to that I Saw a Show video. So I'm looking forward to hearing that as a recording instead of just sitting there in the audience saying, hey guys, like you can fit a whole new song in here. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to this live album. I'm looking forward to orchestral because the band is made to be more orchestral. Yeah. And can only imagine what they're going to pull off. Mm-hmm. So Probably going to be amazing. Oh yes, Absolutely. All right, moving on. Speaking about Fozzie's plans to write and record the follow-up to their 2014 Do You Want to Start a War, Chris Jericho says, we're working on it right now. We're kind of in the initial stages of working on the next record, the tour that we that we have, uh, the Cinderblock Party in the UK and Europe. Once that's finished, that's the end of the Do You Want to Start a War tour cycle. We talked about tour cycles and album cycles a couple of weeks ago, uh, several podcasts ago. Yep. So and then it's time to start writing and get into the studio to do the next record. So we're planning on having something out next summer. So that's going to be looking for this year. Why would you write? Why would you make an album called "Do You Want to Start a War" at the same time that a song called "Do You Want to Build a Snowman" is popular? <laughs> <laughs> that has been my thought the whole time. I've, every time I hear this album title, it's all I think of. I love Chris Jericho, but man, you should have thought one through. <laughs> oh, Jericho. 
The walls of Jericho. <laughs> All right. Steel Panther. They will be releasing an acoustic album and DVD in February. Mm. Vocalist Michael Starr says the album will include a few new songs that won't end up being recorded for a proper electric album. So this is going to be like a standalone thing. Mm. So it's going to be pretty fun. What I want to see on this next album, if acoustic or electric and so on, is more collaboration with Ninja Sex Party. <laughs> because I'm pretty sure that they joined each other on stage live recently. I think you're right. Yes. I think you're right. Yes. And it's uh, the, the two of them, very one very pop and one very like hair metal, they were made to be a, a band together. All right. Annihilator, this is one of those veteran metal bands out there, is planning to release its first full-length, full-production concert uh, Blu-ray slash DVD. Mm-hmm. The set will tentatively, will tentatively be filmed in April, most likely in Germany. Uh, another Annihilator project that is in the works is a full CD DVD of a dozen or so acoustic songs. Uh, band leader Jeff Waters says there will there will be six musicians involved in this live acoustic show, but we are thinking of doing it live in my recording studio in, in Ottawa, Canada. I always get really excited for for acoustic projects and from from metal bands because yeah, always, I always wonder how they're going to do it. Yeah. So uh, this Annihilator is pretty thick, heavy. German heavy metal. No, they're actually Canadian. Canadian? They're Canadian yeah, I heavy thought metal. they were German. Oh. No. Well, either way, it's heavy metal. Heavy metal tra- uh, transcribed into some sort of acoustic is usually pretty interesting to hear. Yeah. So oh, we keep on talking about that, that Seven Dust acoustic show you saw and oh. how awesome that oh was. Oh, my God. <sighs> <laughs> you missed that one, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's all reflecting. Look at him. There's tears in his eyes. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, Jean really hit it. <laughs> that, was, that was also the same show where I had Lindsay lean into my uh, to ear and go, you know, I forgot how attractive that man is. Lejean <laughs> <laughs> is a luscious African-American. Mm-hmm. All right. More recording news. And one we've kind of already uh, hinted at before. Phil Anselmo is in the officially in the studio with Superjoint recording new material there's pictures of him and Jimmy Bauer recording guitars and it's probably just going to be some sludgy shit and be awesome I have no comment to make I'm not allowed to make comments <laughs> <laughs> I get in trouble when I make comments about Phil yeah well you know one person out of a billion it doesn't matter <laughs> alright so we also mentioned that Motley Crue played their final two shows this week uh, at the L.A. Staples Center, mm-hmm. and the band has announced that a full-length concert film of the final performance, <laughs> which will also include exclusive interviews, behind-the-scenes footage, and roller coaster drums getting stuck upside down, <laughs> and it will be released in 2016. <laughs> what I want... Like, are they going to edit that? <laughs> what I want is for... Nikki Six to be the editor of that and put that in as an Easter egg somewhere. <laughs> Just one of those things like on the DVD menu that you have to go find. That is so great. <laughs> I did, like because I, I wrote I I I was doing the script a while like earlier this week and the whole thing about them recording their show their last show um, came up really early because yeah. the last show happened like two nights ago. And then as I'm scrolling through it, I see that his drum set got stuck upside down. I'm like, yes, that's got to be in the DVD. I'll buy it just for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly, like, yeah, it sucks in the moment. But if you don't include that in the in the release, like, that's you're, you're such, doing your fans a disservice. That is such a Spinal Tap moment. It's fantastic. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, well, that's it before recording news. Yeah, now we go on to touring news. Touring news. Uh, Sumerian Records will celebrate their 10th anniversary with a tour featuring Born of Osiris, 
uh, Vale and Maya after the burial era, and their newest signing, Bad Omens. They who they have a San Antonio date at the Corova March fourth. Man, yeah, Corova is such a small place. Well, it kind of fits these bands, though. I would think. I guess so. Yeah. You know, Sumerian Records tends to be uh, a little genty, a little bit more um, like not quite extreme, but like a little bit more heavier. Um, so like heavier progressive. Yeah, definitely heavier progressive because I think um, animals as leaders are on Sumerian, and I, and I think I could be talking out of my ass right now. I think Periphery is also on. They're all heavy and uh, progressive. Okay. I might be wrong, but because I just I just went through my car the other day and I have a lot of stickers from Sumerian Records, and I, I recently like that around that time I bought uh, Periphery and animals as leaders and whatnot. Gotcha. Um, Pussifer, not quite metal, but close enough. Uh, they return on March 17th as the band launches the Money Shot Round 2 tour, kicking off at the Fox Performing Center in Riverside, California. Um, additional dates will be announced early in January, so we should be looking for that coming soon. And last bit of touring news. It wasn't much this week. Nonpoint is going to be busy this year. Um, they announced a slate of headlining dates in and around their March-April run supporting Disturbed. So they're touring with Disturbed in March and April, and they also have some headlining dates in and outside of that tour. Uh, the band also have a new album in the works for 2016 through their new label, Spine Farm Records. I gotta say that, like, I remember Nonpoint from, what, 15 years ago now? Mm hmm. They've been very consistent throughout the years. But the fact that they're on Spine Farm is kind of baffling to me. Why is like, that? Well, Spine Farm, I think a little bit more. Um, Harsher stuff. Because, and remind me, like, not point, they're more new metal, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. they're definitely yeah. more new metal. Yeah. yeah. Which, you know, the, the fact that they're touring with Disturbed, it sounds so, like it sounds like a tour that happened a decade and a half. It yeah. probably did. Yeah, I'm more than likely. Sure. Yeah. Uh, their, their, their greatest accomplishment was still their cover of Phil Collins in the air tonight. Actually, to tell you the truth, I went <laughs> back and I listened to um, their album called To the Pain. Mm. I love that record mm -hmm. it's a really good one it starts off with bullet with a name and that's just a really good track and it just carries on throughout the rest of the record mm -hmm. and um i got into them because i think they were on a compilation cd for their song what a day yeah. Yeah. and i just really like that track and <clears throat> this is one of those bands that i i kind of followed up on for a while i had like five of their records they've released like five more since the last one i picked up mm -hmm. um and they've just been fairly consistent every year since they've kind of falling off the major uh, radar. Yeah. So, and they're still around and they're still doing stuff. So, it's, I think it's cool. That's interesting. Yeah, I remember them like like from What A Day and then Orgullo was another really good song. Mm -hmm. that I really liked. Yeah, they're one of those bands that kind of incorporate a little bit of the Spanish vibe because yeah. they have some, some conga stuff in there and I think like one of the members is probably Spanish. I think the lead like um, So, again, good, good on them and I, I, you know, if they re record a new album and it's streaming, I'll definitely listen to it. It probably would be feature on my new releases actually uh, i just wanted to make a mention of something similar to that <clears throat> um i was listening earlier in the week to um pod ah. of all of all bands wow. um it was actually um i think it was their self-titled album which they released i believe in 2003 which was around the time of the downfall of new metal mm -hmm. and when, when they were popular and when we got into them, they were still doing a lot of that rap stuff. Rap, like rap metal, whatever the hell you want to call it. They started stepping away from it right at the right time, around 2003, because they started hitting more into like that melodic rock stuff. 
like just typical like like hard rock. Yeah, like take take all their big choruses and stuff like that, and make that most of the song. They cut out the rap parts, mm-hmm. and it's good. I mean, I don't want to say like you know like they could have benefited from this or that, and like they still sound pretty good. Again, this was also twelve years ago. I haven't heard anything they've done since then. Um, well, they, they didn't. They, didn't they just come out with a new record did. this year? They did uh, earlier in the year, um, which apparently like was really like uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, underpromoted. Yeah, it came but out it was way still, under the radar. But it was still well received. I think you. I remember yeah. you actually mentioning this. Yeah, like like their albums. Every single time they release an album, it's well received by critics, but they're still not like you know super popular as they used to be. Mm-hmm. But like. If they still sound like that, it's it's good to see that they're still making some some decent music. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just just felt like mentioning that. So now we're gonna go on to heavy metal in the charts. Which um, how long of a period of time does this cover? Because we've been gone for two weeks. Well, we've been gone for two weeks. I just covered. I just went to the website uh, Billboard.com and I <laughs> just wrote down what was there right now. Okay, so this um, is from I'll, last week to this week. Yeah, and I'll probably mention a couple of things that that I noticed um, that were on the charts like the last time I checked um, two weeks ago. Okay. So this is more of just us catching up, really. But okay. starting right off the bat, Trans-Siberian Orchestra is still up there. Letters from the Labyrinth, that's their newest record, up from 60 to 59. <laughs> Jesus. <Still not laughs> big, big jump, but it's still there, okay? Um, Baroness Purple debuts at a respectable number 70. Not bad. For, for Baroness, that's awesome. Well, considering that... We will be mentioning them in our discussion part for a certain reason. Yeah. That's actually not surprising. Yeah. So. Yep. Uh, Disturbed, Immortalized, still up there, but they're down um, from 68 to 76. Mm-hmm. Dan's favorite album from September. Got your six. Got your six. Five Finger Death Punch <laughs> is up to 81 from 87. I'm going to say that every single time we mention this album now. Uh, here's one that I'm... <laughs> Here's one that I miss. Uh, we missed last week. The Black Album back on the charts last week at 152 made a jump up to 93 this week. Kind of, wow. kind of say. Did anybody else see the meme of uh, Enter Sandman? Uh, <laughs> uh, was it Dreams of War, Dreams of Fire, and a baked apple pie? <laughs> <laughs> and a baked apple pie! Oh! <laughs> and I, I didn't want to laugh at it, but I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> and no, I, and I just I, want an apple pie. Yeah, really. <laughs> All right, the next three are Trans-Siberian Orchestra. So, The Lost Christmas Eve down to 104 from 88. Christmas Eve and Other Stories down to 106 from 91. The Christmas Attic down to 114 from 105. You know that one of those three got a bartender hit with a bottle. (laughs) (laughs) Master of Puppets is up to 125 from 175. Justice is back. On the charts at 138 after not being on the charts last week. Actually, they weren't on charts for a while there. Um, I I think I remember specifically like two weeks ago that it was like their third week of not being on the charts. What, Justice? Justice, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that means Matava's got three albums back on the charts. Not surprising at all. Not surprising at all. Uh, Rush, R40 Live has a little bit of a climb. Um, they climbed up from 169 up to 158. Pink Floyd. Dark Side of the Moon was back on the charts last week at 172, climbed up to 166 this week. Okay. My from I have two from Out of Nowhere's this week. From Out of Nowhere, Nevermind, back on the chart at 190. There's been a lot of discussion about Nirvana lately. There's also been like a documentary on them on Netflix and stuff. Like well, that yeah, the, the the montage from Heck came out, yeah. and that actually that soundtrack actually did very poorly. Yeah, amazingly yeah enough. that was surprisingly bad. Um, so. 
which I was surprised about. But then again, it did the whole documentary did pique the interest of Kurt Cobain again. So anyone who has like a, a younger brother went out and probably bought Nevermind for them. Um, from out out of nowhere, number two, ACDC, Back in Black, back on the charts at one ninety seven. And rounding out the top 200, at 200, coming down from 166, is our friends Trans-Siberian Orchestra again with Dreams of Fireflies on a Christmas Night EP. I still feel like, you know, this is, what, a week after? This covers the week after Christmas. I still feel I like think, no, no, because this is the week, this is, I think the, the chart comes out Monday or Tuesday of this past week. So that was before New Year's. Okay. So it counts... The week of Christmas. Okay. So, so the, the, when I look at this again next week, it'll count this week. Okay. So Trans-Siberian Orchestra should probably be very low, if at all, on yeah, the chart. I feel like a lot of this does reflect Christmas. Yes, it most certainly does. The, 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 the From Out of Nowhere and the big names that are coming out there are like those seminal albums that like people, the the older individuals feel that the younger individuals should have. So the Black Album. Mm-hmm. Automatically, you know, hand them a copy of that. That and Dark probably Sh- some of these older guys are on vacation and listening to Spotify. Yeah. So yeah. streaming, mm-hmm. lots of streaming. So do we expect uh, like Motorhead now to be? Oh, most certainly. Oh yeah, Motorhead, Motorhead's right. going to be up. Uh, there Motorhead's going to definitely be up there. Definitely um, some sort of best of. Yeah. Either a best of or Ace of Spades, mm-hmm. maybe Overkill. Overkill yeah. probably. Yeah. Um, but the same thing happened. There was a huge spike in Stone Temple Pilots and mm-hmm. Velvet Revolver after uh, Scott Weiland died. Mm-hmm. So we can only expect that the same thing's going to happen with Lemmy. And I think it's going to be even more with Lemmy because he transcends just metal. Yeah, I mean, even people who don't listen to rock and roll or heavy metal know who Lemmy is. So he might that might just get the extra push just for notoriety purposes. Just get a random Hawkwind album at 200. <laughs> <laughs> that would be spectacular. Because why not? Because <laughs> yeah. that would be just great. That's just an appreciation right there. Yeah, we get that. definitely. <laughs> All right, uh, so that's it for the charts. Uh, so, so now um, we ha- in our script we have a tentative spot for I saw a show, um, and this one has been about three weeks coming because you weren't here yeah. for a week or two, and then yeah, we we uh, skipped a few. So you saw a show a couple weeks ago. Yes, yeah, so this was uh, back on December eighth. This was uh, I'm going to focus more on Royal Thunder, but they were uh, touring with um, the Sword on their High Country tour. Um, so, World Thunder opened for the Sword at the Paper Tiger on December 8th, and a friend and I went to go check them out. Uh, I'd been excited to see them as their CVI album has been on a near-continuous spin on my record player for, like, almost the last two years. Um, my friend, I mean, she's not, she's a fan of most hard rock, but never been much into metal, never been exposed to groove metal in particular, but I promised her it'd be good, and, you know, she's the kind of person that was always willing to try out new types of music, and, uh... I got to kind of briefly comment on the venue, though, because for those of you who may not be familiar with the San Antonio scene, Paper Tiger is this new refurbished venue for what once was the famous uh, White Rabbit Club on oh, St. Mary's. Oh, okay. And uh, it's, White Rabbit was an old institution of the SA music scene and played host to like a ton of different bands across all sorts of different genres. Um, it was repurposed to the Paper Tiger in 2015. And, you know... White Rabbit was like this grungy, gritty, graffiti kind of place, and uh, CBGBs of San Antonio. Uh, yeah, basically. <laughs> and now Paper Tiger is kind of a kind of a bougie, almost kind of refined, uh, like it's trying to go for feel like bar and patio thing. But the uh, the actual like music stage and stuff seems to be 
relatively kept the same, though the sound system was a lot better. I can only than, imagine. Than I, yeah, than I remember. Um, when Royal Thunder took the stage, uh, my friend and I stood right in front of the soundboard, based on your advice, Chris. Uh, and uh, I immediately noticed that there were like very few people uh, gathered for that part of the show. A lot of them chose to stay out in the the patio area, which I just thought, you know, it's going to be their loss, you know, for doing this. Um, and whenever I talk about Royal Thunder to my friends, I always talk about uh, Melanie Parsons, like kind of raw vocal energy. Like it's something that you can't miss when you're listening to one of their albums. Um, but to hear her live is a whole different kind of mm. experience altogether. I mean, Melanie doesn't hold back. I mean, that pure kind of burning emotion of her songs, it just washes over you, leaves you mesmerized. And when she's not singing, I mean, the rest of the band uh, just keeps those flames going with, you know, some really haunting kind of bluesy melodies and some like doom tinged grooves. Uh, the set list was mostly made up of uh, tracks from Crooked Doors, with a couple of tracks from CVI and their self-titled EP. Um, but uh, I, as the show went on, I mean, more and more people started coming in from outside. I mean, they were definitely brought in by the really alluring kind of music style that they have. I mean, it's just hard. I can't imagine why they would even choose to stay out. I'm guessing like they maybe didn't know much about them to begin with, but they sure as hell knew them by the end of that show. Um, by the end of the show, my friend was practically a diehard of Royal Thunder family. She was raving about kind of Parsons screaming vocals to all her friends on social media. Um, and after the show ended, I watched as like the band actually packed up their own equipment. You know, they seemingly not needing any kind of roadies to help them out. And there's something about that kind of salt of the earth aspect of that band that makes them more relatable as a band, more human. Um, just makes their songs a lot easier to connect with. I mean, to me, they deserve to be infinitely more popular than they already are. Uh, but if nothing else, I'm glad I have a new go-to record for this year. And I want to give a special shout-out to the guitarist, Josh Weaver, who worked the merch desk after the show and talked with the fans. He's a really cool guy, and he actually sold me a really badass RT trucker. Nice. Trucker hats. So <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, that was uh, my trip report. What about the sword? Oh, yeah. I guess... Uh, they were there. Be, that wouldn't be fair to sword. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I'm not like the like a huge sword fan. I just I kind of just started listening to them with High Country, and I really like that album. They put on a, a fantastic show, too. I mean, the, like everyone there was clearly for the sword because they like packed that tiny little venue to, the, yeah. to capacity. Um, yeah, I mean, tons of energy, too, from them. I mean... It was mostly high country that they were playing, but it was all really, really good. I mean, all in all, like together, that was an amazing show for just two bands like yeah. that. I mean, it was incredible. Nice. And uh, I know Royal Thunder is coming back, I think, on January 28th or 29th to the Corova yeah. with Black Tusk. Yeah. So I'll be yeah. going to that, too. I'm posting pictures. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> now... This show I actually considered seeing when I uh, when we first drove down here because um, for those who don't know I got down here to San Antonio a couple months ago and on the drive down uh, Chris and I were kind of going through our uh, our iPods going like oh man listen to this no you listen to this <laughs> and we had gotten into a mutual conversation about uh, Royal Thunder because he had been a big fan of them and I had found them um, about a month prior or so less going through their band camp and I was like we we should totally go to this show it just kind of snuck up on us I wanted to go but. Oh, I mean, they're coming back. I mean, you've, you guys should definitely check this out. I would love to check them out. I mean, the reason I got into them in the first place is because um, they played South by Southwest right. this past year, and Metal Sucks was there, 
and they were po- or metal sucks or metal injection. Either one of them were there, and they were posting videos of them. Of course, they were just you know cell phone videos and whatnot. But even through that, they sounded incredible. And then of course, when when Crooked Doors came out, they got an advanced copy of it, and they were streaming it on on um, online. So I listened to that. I was like, oh my god! It's one of the first albums that summer that I yeah. bought. I had to have it. So it was. If there's one band I see this year, it, it's got to be them. And Nightwish. Nightwish, <laughs> Nightwish in March. That's, yep. that's coming. I mean, there's only, like I said, there's only one big show that I see this year. I want it to be Nightwish because I want to see Floor yeah. sing. I want to see Nightwish, period. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember. <laughs> well, he, unfortunately, I saw Nightwish back when they had their old singer, Annette, and they played um, in Philadelphia, and it was on their um, Dark Passion Play Tour. And I thought that was really good. And then we got tickets to see them again. But unfortunately, Annette got sick. And they they didn't cancel the show. Sonata Arctica picked up an extra like 15 minutes, half an hour. Yeah. Set, and they played a little bit longer. And I just remember Marco coming out. The, actually, the whole band the came whole out. The whole band came out. They were just drunk as shit. You couldn't understand a word he's saying because he's also, you know, foreign. <laughs> but slurring his words on top of it. And didn't Epica play that show? And Simone was sick, and we had no, Amanda Somerville. That was a different show. That was a different show. No, um, Epica opened up for. Did they headline the the show we saw? No, they they were opening. I'm pretty sure it was that show. No, because Sonata Arctica opened up the Nightwish show. Huh. Because they played an, an extended set. Huh. So oh, I'm not sure, but yeah, you should see Nightwish. They're they're quite good yeah, I, I, I want to I really yeah. want to I want to see Marco live I'd rather see him live with Tarot but you know well the unfortunate thing the only thing the only complaint I had about the last record um, with Floor is the fact that there's not enough Marco hmm. and which means that they're probably playing most of those tracks on live now which means Marco has less vocal appearance than he should which is a shame because I think he's awesome I mean, it could also be his own his own choice to do True. less. Because I, I know that for uh, for Tarot, he um, he has a secondary singer. It could yeah, be, it could be a matter of him choosing not to strain his voice. But then again, he sings on I don't know everything. <laughs> so <laughs> that's true. That's very true, and uh, it's glorious. Yes, it is. Okay, so now that the I saw our show is done, we're going to talk about social media highlight. Yep. And I'm going to let you start because I have to pull up my, my little script. Okay. I was introduced to this band Homicide from Chile. Homicide from Chile sounds like the best band name ever. The band name is... Homicide. I know. They are from Chile. <laughs> Ghost Peppers, no. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, the reason I got into these guys is I had the Facebook page got a message from a guy named Jeff who said, you guys have to check this out. And no one was responding to him, so I decided to, to pick up the reins on that one. Oh, is that who this was? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Usually, when the messages come in, I usually give a little bit of time for Pat to answer. Yeah, that's what I, I, I gave that to. And because, once this guy, it was a couple of days, I was like, you know what? Let, let me check this out. Plus, he already sent the link in the message. So I was mm-hmm. like, awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he also sent me, separately, he sent me a couple of downloadable tracks. And he also sent me some tracks that he did on his own. Yeah. 
uh, with Mike from Suffocation. Which I, I need to check out all this stuff. Yeah, I, I, I gotta forward you those. I have a backlog of But anyway, things. just continuing on with Homicide. Yeah. Uh, the band actually came out, came around in 1988. Um, but they only released demos up until 2006 when they finally released their first full-length album, Accepted Pleasingly. And I just have to say that, holy fuck, is this band brutal. Yeah, you wrote that in the script. Yes, it's exactly <laughs> what I wrote. I think The way I think about this band is that if you take Deicide and take out the satanic uh, stuff about them, that's what this band sounds like. Riffs are lightning fast in your face. The blast beats are there that pummel you, and the the vocal growl just kind of rips the skin off your face. It's kind of like early DSI, like when they were kind of focused and not just going through the motions. Mm. Um, I was sent the link to the track Two Legged, the Half Dogs, and I was so impressed that I just had to find them on Bandcamp. You can go check them out at homicide.bandcamp.com. They have a couple other albums um, for streaming, and you can buy them there. I listened to 2012's Mechanized Torments, which is their most recent one. Uh, and it's just... Actually, it's not the most recent one. They had another one that came out that was the link that I was sent. Anyway, I uh, listened to this album, and it was so good. Mm-hmm. So if you're a fan of Deicide, Cannibal Corpse, and Death, you must check this band wow. out. Yeah. Big, big, big fan. My social media highlight for the week is Last Days of Eden. Now, normally when we do these uh, social media highlights, we tend to focus on the bands that message us or add add us on Twitter and stuff. Uh, This one was a little different because I was pursuing Grave Shadow, who I had mentioned on last week's podcast. I had mentioned them podcasts weeks ago, and I will be mentioning them uh, in something else upcoming for for the Shred Shack. Um, But I added them on Twitter, and for those who don't know, when you add something on Twitter, you get a whole bunch of suggested follows. And this band came up on that list... Checked them out, and I was impressed. Um, they have a heavy Latter-day Nightwish influence. Vocals are a little less operatic than, say, Taria and Floor, but more, I'd say, adept than Annette. Not as poppy. Um, I found Annette to be a little annoying after a little while. This is not like that. Um, the keyboards kind of envelop the band's strongly power metal sound with a symphonic presence that is often tinged a bit folky by the addition of actual bagpipes. Nice. Like, like you have, you like, you know, singer, guitar player, guitar player, bassist, bagpipes, drummer. <laughs> 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 which, which I love. Um, the entire package is held together by hooks and melodies offered by dual, though 
though primarily female vocalists. Um, I was able to listen to the band's debut EP, Paradise, on their Bandcamp page, lastdaysofeden.bandcamp.com, but they have since released a full-length debut called Ride the World, which came out on the 27th of November. But you can sample and or purchase it from their website, lastdaysofeden.es. I would highly recommend checking them out if you're a fan of bands like Nightwish, Epica, a lot of those big symphonic gothic metal, uh, you know, bands with with female vocals. So definitely check this band out. They're really good. Cool. Pete, do you have anything? Do not have anything. Pete, don't advertise. (laughs) Well, he he came prepared. He got his script printed out today. Yeah. So... Look at you all prepared and shit. You know, <laughs> you, you just pulled up your script now. We would do this for over an hour. Actually, no, I, I had it up before that I took pictures of myself doing the podcast. Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> selfie douchebag. I wasn't doing like you know. Like, uh, uh. What was that? You can't. Can, can, actually, can, you, can you repeat yourself? I'm, I'm kind of. I'm kind of upset because you can't actually just. Um, do a sound for what all the faces I was just making. <laughs> However, we are going to move on to our discussion, which uh, has been now two weeks in the making because we've had this list for a while, and we were going to talk about it last week and, and end, uh, end off the year of 2015 with a discussion about um, best of. Um, just putting this out there right now, we here in Shred Shack, Texas, will not be doing a best of 2015 as far as a video goes. No. Um, because fuck that. That's why <laughs> it's more work for me and I already have stuff to do, but we have decided to look at a list released by Rolling Stone of the top 20 metal albums of 2015. Now they specifically said top 20 heavy metal albums. Yes, they did. Okay. This wasn't just, you know. it said 20 best metal albums of okay. 2015. That okay, is so the, that is the title. Okay. So this is Rolling Stone's list of the top 20 heavy metal albums of 2015 and we're going to look at it and say, what? And the thing that we're going to do here is that a lot, some of these albums, none of us have listened to. Oh, yeah. Because uh, they just weren't either on our radar or we just haven't had a chance to or whatever. Yeah. So we're going to, most of these things will probably be very genuine. Yeah. Um, but there is a long, there is a lot of stuff that we have listened to that we have covered here on the show yeah. a couple times and that we actually kind of have genuine uh, opinions about. Yeah, to go with that, I want to say that I looked at the list when you guys sent it over to me and we started coming up with this idea. I have not looked at it since then. The only thing I remember is the number one, so 20 through 2, I'm going to be pretty surprised about. So let's uh, let's roll with it. Who wants to start? Go ahead, bud. Uh, I'll start with uh, number 20, which is Cloud Rat, uh, and it's their album is called, and I really don't know how to pronounce this. It's Finally, it's not me! That's why well, I wanted it to be you. Like, <laughs> This is a clip hoth or something like that. But basically, um, how you want me to do this? You want me to just like read? What on the no, 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 just give no, just, like just, just, if you listen to it or not, or you know whatever. Yeah, so I did check this out because um, to be honest, I had never heard of them before, and I don't know, I don't know much about them. I don't know if they've been around for a while. Um, and I just decided, you know what? Let me start listening to some of these albums on here. Put on the background. 
it started off as like this really just kind of grindcore extreme metal kind of stuff and i was like thinking about number one dan i was like you know if 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 they're putting this on here why is the rest of the list the way it is Mm -hmm. you know but then as the the album played on it transitions away from this kind of grindcore stuff to a more like porcupine trees inspired uh like almost like prog metal kind of opeth inspired like progressive too and it's really really fucking good i was really (laughs) impressed by like the the range that this band it kind of has and yeah you know it definitely deserves a place on this list i really enjoyed this album so this was a touche rolling stone yeah <laughs> this was like you got me you know <laughs> so you might know what you're talking about i guess uh, well number 19 we've talked about a lot and it was my number two album of september i think it was uh ghost meliora and i recently finally picked up the record like physically and I listened to it five times. <laughs> um, I can't say enough about the band itself. Uh, I've been following them since I came down here to Texas four years ago. Um, I absolutely adore this band. I'm so glad that they made it so high up on a chart like this, especially for a publication like Rolling Stone. And we've mentioned before that them getting the kind of notoriety that they're getting now is so awesome. Grammy nomination, late night talk show ho- uh, shows with... Um, Stephen Colbert, like I think people finally are looking past the shtick and actually looking at the music, and it's it's incredible to see. And listening to them again for this the five times in a row that I did, and they really have evolved their sound. When when I first listened to them, I would say that they were more um, say like Blue Oyster Cult with King Diamond lyrics. Now they're more like Deep Purple with King Diamond lyrics, and it just sounds that much heavier that way. So I'm awesome with this pick on this list. Still haven't heard the album yet, so I need to burn these albums from you. Yes, I said that. I'm going to burn an album. I'm going to steal an album from a band. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I agree. I mean, I think <laughs> that, like, you know, as maligned as Ghost can, has been sometimes in the metal scene, you know, we've talked about this before, like, they've opened doors up to more people getting into this kind of music, you know, I mean, yeah, you have to look past the shtick a little bit, you know, but there's some quality fucking music here. Um, and I think that's, at the end of the day, that's what matters. And this is yeah. a really damn good album. I'm yeah. surprised. Honestly, I thought this would be ranked higher. Well, um, considering some of the ones that are further down the list, I think, point. I think it's, it's placement is definitely warranted. And I think very good. I think very good. So just to have them in the top 20, yeah. Is, is is good enough for me. Uh, the next one, I didn't get a chance to listen to, but I, I, I'm going to go out of my way to now, only because I love Clutch. And their, light, their latest record, Psychic Warfare, has been getting a lot of praise mm-hmm. out there. I love their last record, Earth Rocker. I thought it was fantastic. So this one, just seeing it on this list, makes me have to go out and listen to it now. I got to first listen to this. Uh... I saw Clutch early this year uh, when they toured with Mastodon, and they actually played uh, X-Ray Visions uh, before this okay. uh, came out. And I just remember thinking, "Holy shit! Like this is gonna be like a fucking good album, you know?" And it is. It's, I mean, it's just pure rock shit. I mean, it's it's really fucking good. Like those guys are just such a fun band. They they obviously love making this kind of music, and it really shows through, you know. Yeah, I mean, I I been a fan of theirs or like you know a passing fan of theirs since like i want to say 2005 because i remember 
driving up to Oneonta to visit a friend of mine, and their big uh, song at the time was Zero One 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 Zero, whatever the song was, and I really loved. Oh yeah, it's the only reason I like I initially knew the band because you kept singing that song. Yeah, I just well, I just loved that track, and I just love his vocals. I think they're they're incredibly powerful for something like that would be almost kind of like a stripped down band because they are just a basic rock band if, when you think about it. But he has this vocal delivery that's like so powerful. So that just that just makes me want to listen to this record even more. So definitely gonna be looking at that one. Deaf Heaven number seventeen, New Bermuda. Um, so this this is a band kind of like Ghost, right? More in the black metal scene that's caused a lot of controversy because they've been kind of labeled as either like faux black metal or like hipster black metal. And I'll be honest, like when I listen to this, even when I listen to Sunbather too, I it's tough for me to kind of say, you know, to, to stop myself from saying, you know, why the fuck do they give themselves the label of black metal for? Like what purpose does it serve? Yes, you have these harsh vocals and stuff, but the sound that you're going for is just so far removed from that. But then, you know, it just doesn't matter because it's an ex- they're an experimental band. They put out really great music. I mean, like um, Cloud Rat, there's a really wide range of sounds that they go for in their albums. And that's something that to be appreciated. I don't think it's something that should really be like met with scorn, you know, because it's not fucking cult enough or something, you know. Yeah, I definitely have to agree because I remember going into this record and hearing nothing about them being a black metal band, so that's what I expected. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect to get the multiple the multiple shifts of of uh, vibe right. really when I was listening to it, and it really caught me off guard and by surprise and pleasantly so because yeah. I really did enjoy the the not overabundance of the black metal influence. Right. Um, I like the fact that it mixes up because it kind of reminded me of one of my top threes from earlier on, Dreadnought, who's a very experimental, like jazz influenced black metal band. And the, the shift in gears just reminded me of them. And that's kind of what made me that really like this record. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> like Ghost, right? I mean, I can see this being almost like a gateway, right? I could see someone picking this up and then getting to something like Wolves in the Throne Room. And then just going further and further down, like, the black metal yeah. rabbit hole. It's a gateway drug. Definitely. Number 16, and not a surprise here, Lamb of God, uh, 7, Strom und Drang. Um, yeah, love it. you, man. I love this record. Um, I love Lamb of God. I really do. I think of them more of, like, the modern-day Pantera, as far as groove sure. goes. Um, and vibe and attitude and everything about them just screams Pantera to me, and that's definitely not a bad thing. They're not a they're not a ripoff because they have their own sound, but they're just our genera- our current Pantera. Like anyone who's looking for a Pantera reunion, fuck them, Lamb of God. Listen to them because I love Randy Blythe's vocals on everything. Even when he actually does try to sing, which he does a little bit more on this record. Um, and it's not the greatest, but it's okay. But everything else is fantastic on this record. I mean, the guitar playing is always good. Uh, Chris Adler is a fantastic drummer, which is why it's such a good thing that Dave Mustaine picked him up for the new Megadeth record. Um, everything about this band just screams American metal, and there's nothing wrong with that. Number 15, Slayer, Repentless. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I only think they're this high because of the name Slayer. Sure. Um, 
if I don't think I would have put them in the top twenty this year because although it was a a pretty good, it's a good Slayer record. Um, it's just it's the same Slayer record that we've been listening to for the last twenty years. And so much more better stuff has come out. Yeah, yeah. and and I mean, I remember being excited when they released the. Uh, when the stillness comes as a single, thinking that hopefully it'll be more like this. But yeah, really, you know, I, I I'll listen to it. I'll enjoy it just like I listen to Christ Illusion and uh, World Painted Black and all that stuff. But it just, you know, if they if they were to call it quits and just be a nostalgia act, I wouldn't be surprised. And they would probably still be just as popular. Yeah. They don't necessarily need to record any new music. That'll never happen. Yeah, I know. So from here on out, like, I there's yeah, there's a couple yeah, that I'm not I'm, I don't have no idea like Leviathan, Scar Sighted. Um, well, let's we'll go through the numbers first. So that's all number, right. So that was number fourteen. Number right. thirteen is Revenge, Behold, Total Rejection. Um, again, I haven't listened to that Before one. Before we get into the next one that we actually discuss, I just want to say something. So let's just keep going through and find. What's okay, the next one is number twelve, Napalm Death. Okay, so stop right there. Okay, I want to say though. That again, this is a major music publication. This is Rolling Stone. Been around for decades. It's actually very cool that we don't recognize a lot of these bands. Mm-hmm. It's not just crap that that we don't like or is is commercialized. It's stuff that's like, where did they pull that from? How did you hear about that? Where did that come from? Like it's it maybe came out earlier in the year before we were really on top of new releases. Mm-hmm. But still, it's just very cool that they do acknowledge these things, like these these. I want to guess lesser-known bands. This may, this may be a case where we're like, there's a whole um, cult following that we don't even know of. Right. So yeah. It's, it's very cool that they acknowledge that. I, I, and it's much better than what the Grammys do. The Grammys yes. picks the people who are on top of it right now and they throw them out there. These guys seem to have to do their research because yeah, right. just reading through the quick uh, blurb that they have about uh, Revenge, this is actually their fifth album mm. that came out. Um, and it's also the first for uh, Seasons of Mist, which we mentioned a couple of times on the podcast. I love Seasons of Mist records. Yeah, so they, um, so Rolling Stone seems, seems to be on top of these things and a little bit more um, research into it than just throwing things out there. You yeah. get the sense it's a fair list, even though there's going to be some, you know, criticisms of certain spots. Yeah, I mean, yeah. overall, yeah, I think they've done their due diligence. Um, next one up, number twelve is Napalm Death, Apex Predator, Easy Meat, and we we saw them open up for Faith the More, and what they played. They played yeah. a couple of tracks from this yeah, record too. Not, not not my cup of tea, but man, it was still fucking good. And it's their fifteenth album. Yeah. These guys have been around forever. Yeah, I mean, when we think about grindcore or the term grindcore, it seems like such a new thing. But these guys have been doing it for. Ever. Well, Grindcore, I think, was like early 90s, which is getting an increasingly further distance away from This us. is also very true, since <laughs> it's 2016 now. <laughs> anyway, um, I haven't listened to the record, but like you said, we saw them open up for Faith No More back in July, and they played a couple of new tracks, and they are brutal. I love their sound, and this is definitely something I'm going to have to follow up on now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, number 11 is a band called Mets. Not familiar with them, so Mets moving on. Uh, number 10 is Killing Joke. I think this is a band that's been around... Oh, yeah, look at that. Uh, for nearly 40 years, these guys have been around. I thought they were more of a rock band, which confused me a little bit. It's... I think they're like almost kind of like classic punk, mm. I would think. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of an art band by the description. Yeah. 
not like I said, I'm not very familiar with them or anything like that. Neither am I familiar with number nine, Boss Bosse de Nag Nag. Um, black gaze apparently it's American black gaze. Mm. Just throwing out all the, the whole genre things. All right, well number eight, here we go. Here we Finally, go. Royal Thunder, Crooked Doors. Yep, that <laughs> record. God, something else. I yeah. Mean, I remember like first hearing CVI and think I bought CVI on a whim. It was like a random purchase. Like I didn't know anything about the band at all, and I put it on and thinking, "What the fuck? How could something like this be this good? I've never heard anything like this before." And being so excited like that they were releasing a new album, and not being disappointed one bit with Crooked Doors. I mean, like like we talked like like we talked about, Melanie Parsons' voice is phenomenal yeah and it's showcased in each track on this album i mean it's it's great i I always thought when i, when I first heard this band i thought it's like this these guys sound like a modern day jefferson airplane mm-hmm. or if janice joplin came out now that's what this band sounds like and i'm not a big fan of janice joplin but her her vibe her attitude her everything about her just screamed rock and roll and that's what this band is for me and like I said, it's the modern day version of it, so it's very big, it's it's loud, and it's just incredible. So to see them this high up on a Rolling Stone list is just a testament to this record. And if we haven't jockeyed it enough now, we just this just kind of lends credence yeah. to what we've been talking about I mean, for the I, last couple months. I cannot talk about them without just gushing at this yeah. point. So they're right up there with my like my. Opeth dick sucking at the moment. <laughs> Cue that clip. Stop that cock. Thank you. All right, next up is um one that just came out like two weeks ago, and it was I think it was out. It was on the list before it came out physically. Yeah, actually, we, I remember we looked at this list and was like, the album's not even out yet. How can you put it on there? But... And at number seven, Baroness is purple deserves it. Yeah, it is so fucking good. Um, I'm going to save my comments for it because, spoiler alert, it is my number one for December. So I'm going to save my comments for the video. So, Pete, go ahead. I mean, yeah, this is a goddamn good groove metal. A kerosene, that, that's probably my favorite track on there. I love I mean, Shock Me. Track two, Shock Me, holy shit. I mean, it really, like, from the beginning, like, just grabs a hold of you. And it's like, there's just so much fucking, like, this is something that you can tell that was, like, a labor of just pure energy for them you know like they put their everything into this album um yeah i i was like you had listened to it before i had and i remember you kind of really selling it and then i put on i was like yeah this yeah definitely i can see why i can see why and to have have royal thunder and baroness like back to back on the list that's kind of like is like sweetness right there. Well, and that's the thing, you know, this is really, 2015 was really like a flagship year for like groove metal, retro rock, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. I mean, because you have, I mean, because there's stuff on here like Graveyard released album, that's not on here. Uh, the Sword. The Sword, yeah. I mean, they're all kind of, I mean. And like Black Tusk, I think, mm-hmm. uh, came out and they had the same kind of sound, I think. Um, just a lot of really good, things kind of slowing down a little bit, but still maintain the heaviness and that like you said the retro sound almost of yeah. um we're talking like deep purple and, and black sabbath Thin of course Lizzie, yeah all of that and it's just been very incredible listening to like we also talked about um avatarium honeymoon disease Hun- yep. um just a lot of that really good classic sounding stuff 
I think the interesting thing about like honeymoon disease and like graveyard. I mean, those are like international bands. They're, they're both Swedish. And yeah, yet they're capturing that seventies like American rock sound. Yeah, so yeah, well. yeah. That's what I liked about. Um, I kept on talking about uh, Night Flight Orchestra. That's the side project of the Speed from uh, Soilwork. Same thing. They sound just like a seventies rock band, and they, that's their shtick. I mean, that's what they're going for. I think these bands are not necessarily being shtick. They're just honestly making classic sounding stuff. All right, number six. Refused is a band I've heard of for a long time. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know anything about them. So. I I heard they released a single earlier this year, and I cannot remember what the name of it was. Um, you said refused, right? Yeah. yeah. Aren't they hardcore? So uh, yeah, they kind of have a hardcore tinge to them. Yeah, they, they say they're Swedish anti-capitalist hardcore band. When they broke up in '98, and a lot's changed in 17 years, apparently. So. Well, number five, Dan. Cue that clap. Jump that cock. <laughs> Iron Maiden, The Book of Souls. Dan, take it away. Yeah. It's Iron Maiden. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. What, what else can you say? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I mean, honestly, there's not much more you can say. Iron Maiden's not changed. Okay. Iron Maiden went from being, you know, straight up new new wave of British heavy metal. They changed in 1990 and went back to their roots to be a little more punky, a little bit more raw. Changed again in 1995 to become more progressive and have not done much since then. They have just been this kind of like somewhat progressive heavy metal band since 1995. And this is just another notch in that belt. It's more the same. I will straight out say it. Iron Maiden sounds exactly the same. All the songs sound pretty much alike. But God, it's fucking good. <laughs> it's so good. And And... If you haven't seen their video for Speed of Light, please go look at it. It's fucking it's cool. So cool. It's so cool. I'm not even a video game guy, but I found it so awesome. It's so cool. No, but like again, it's it's Iron Maiden doing those little things that, that make Iron Maiden still somewhat ambitious. Hey, let's make a double album. We've never done that before. Cool. Let's, do let's that. write the longest song we ever wrote before. Yeah. Put that yeah. on there too. Yeah. So it, it's just it's just Iron Maiden doing what they want to do, and I'm gonna be happy about it till they break up or whatever. Yeah, let's not mention, like, you know, dying. I said break up. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be a dick. <laughs> well, come on. He survived cancer already. Now, I, I, will, I will say, though, that, you know, despite the fact that Iron Maiden, you know, new album, favorite band and everything, they're going to go on tour, I'm going to see them, all that kind of stuff, I really want a new Bruce solo album. I really He's working want. on one. I know. <laughs> but, man, I want one so bad because his last one was kick fucking ass and I want to see him live solo and me but yeah cool Iron Maiden's Iron Maiden they will never they will never they won't change this late in their career no so Steve Harris won't let it happen (laughs) pretty much he will however give you total seizures by quick cutting all of his DVDs oh my god that was so rough (laughs) William can't watch those at all anyway moving on number four High on Fire now, this is a band that I got into a couple years ago from their last record, and I was looking forward to this one, and I hadn't had a chance to listen to it yet. So, seeing that it's so high on the list now, again, piquing my interest, must go out, must follow up, must listen to this record Must now. go faster, must go faster. Exactly. Um, I really like their last record. I don't remember what it was called. You know, I like it that much. But uh, <laughs> I just love this band. And it's one of those things that like I got into them probably late in their career because this is their seventh full length. I probably listened to them. The last record was their sixth full length, so it's a little 
kind of catching up to do, but uh, they sound incredible. They're a good like, stoner metal, slower things down, a little sludgy here and there. It's just something I really want to get back to listen to. Yeah, they've been around for a long I remember um, working at Tower, which was um, early 2000s, 2001, 2002, um, and seeing what I would assume is their debut album. You're like, man, I really want to buy that just because it looks fucking cool. And I guess I have to follow up for the last 15 years because I must have missed a lot. If it's number, what, five on Four. the list? Four. Four. Jesus Christ. So I got to follow this one up. All right, number three, Tau Cross. They're self-titled. There's their debut, apparently. I'm reading up on the, the little thing here. Number three for debut album? Yeah. The thing is, the pedigree of the of the, the the members of this band is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um we got uh, two survivors of the 80s underground bassist uh, vocalist Rob Miller from British crust punk originators Ambix and drummer Michael from Voivod. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, they actually, actually, this funny thing about here is that they're actually compared to Killing Joke mm-hmm. uh, with their post punk and anthemic songs. And they also got compared to Motorhead with uh, their hard rock tr- uh, sounds. So. This is definitely something to look into, considering it is so high up on the list, and it's their debut album. So that's pretty impressive, right yeah, there. That, for I mean, even if you are an established group of musicians, to have your debut album be at the number three spot on a major publication like this yeah. is you gotta be pretty goddamn impressive. Yeah. So definitely something to be looking into next. Um, number two is something that we all enjoyed: Faith No More, Soul Invictus. <sighs> <laughs> Hold on, let, let, let's just do it on three, okay? One, two, three. Get that <sighs> motherfucker on the phone. There's that one too. I thought we were all going to sigh together. No, as a, as yeah, you, yeah you, you, you really, you really muffed that one up, like. <laughs> okay, let's, let's do a sigh on three. One, two, three. Uh, <sighs> now get the motherfucker on the phone. <laughs> there was okay. Considering the fact that this is a band who's back after what seventeen years, and they say eighteen years since their last uh, last LP, so. there was. As huge a chance as any for this album to suck. But we all had faith, and it ended up being a great fucking album. <laughs> oh, Dan, I thought you hated puns. I do, actually. Fucking A, dude. However, however, this album far exceeded expectations. And it's actually Absolutely. among their best. Yeah. It's really, really good. Like I remember the first time I listened to it, I, I bought it off of Amazon, and Amazon on certain albums has the auto-rip. Mm-hmm. And I on my phone, I have the Amazon Music app that whenever you buy something it downloads immediately to your player so you looked at it and said get that motherfucker on yeah. the phone so I got that motherfucker on the phone <laughs> <laughs> and I listened to it like immediately and I was I, I think I I was training you like that day and immediately like dude did you hear the new Faith No More record did you fucking hear it because <laughs> yep. it's just that it's, fucking good yeah. I mean it draws you in immediately I love the shifts of all the songs uh, Separation Anxiety is one of my favorite tracks like off the record um it just really hits all everything you love about faith no more from back in the day they have it in spades here so it's just a return of a great band and 18 years down the line to still have that kind of passion and energy for what you're doing and not be just a reunion album is fucking incredible but it's you know it's mike Patton. he's like the amadeus of metal and experimental music you know what I liked is, you know, again, starting with Angel Dust, going into King for a Day, Full for a Lifetime, and then finally Album of, uh, album of the Year, like, they got progressively weirder. 
and they didn't try to play it safe on the new album. They just went, "Hey, we were doing a thing here. Let's 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 try it here." And they did it perfectly. They they didn't It's a Faith No More album. And honestly, if you're a Faith No More fan and you didn't like this album, I I don't know what you're doing. You should you should just stop. <laughs> Cuz this is this was a really you, great album. I don't I don't think I've heard anybody say that this this was a bad album. Yeah. My my actually my only gripe with the album is I don't like how they started it. What, really? What's, what's the first track again? Is it Soul Invictus? Soul Invictus. Yeah, it's it started off like a little slow. Um, I mean, it's I shouldn't be surprised because it's Faith in the More. They're gonna sit there and throw a curveball. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it just started off a little weird. I was like, I'm not sure if I'm gonna get into this. And then they hit into um, Superhero, which I'd already heard. Yep. And then Sunny Side Up, which is one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. So needlessly catchy. Yeah. And it just went from there, and I was like, "Man, this is great." The only thing, like the thing I was, like, kind of worried about is when they issued "Motherfucker" as a single. I was like, "They're just doing that just because of the word motherfucker in it." And listening to the song, I was like, eh, "It's okay." But then listening to that song in context with the rest of the album, yeah. it really brought the whole thing together. Which is why I tend to not listen to the singles when these things come out because it really distorts my view of what the album is going to sound like. Yeah. I feel like the single is usually either the one that plays it safe or it's just kind of like off. Yeah. You know? And then I heard Superhero on um, The Shred Shack yeah. and I was like, oh, dude, yeah. this is going to be good. Like, like that, that day that we played it on The Shred Shack, I had heard it for the first time. I was like, we're playing it tonight. No questions asked. We're playing it because it was just, it's an incredible song. Again, not even one of the best songs in the album, but still an incredible song. Yeah. So, and, and and one last thing I want, I want to mention is Mike Patton's vocals. Um, you figure that guys as they get older they change up their stuff. He still sounds like he's in his twenties. Oh yeah. yeah, like he hasn't definitely. he hasn't changed his he hasn't deepened his voice he hasn't raised his voice anything like that. He can still hit whatever weird sound he wants, which you know him being also a voice actor and whatever the hell else he does. You gotta well, he expect that. that. He did like an opera album too at one point. Well, we actually, I think, played with like an orchestra. I think, yeah. right? He, he's. He, I wouldn't be surprised, but he's. He, you know, all the projects he does, all the weird uh, avant-garde stuff. Yeah, John he, Zorn stuff. He and... does a lot of uh, voice acting for video games now. Well, he did all the uh, a lot of the voices for um, I Am Legend, the, the vampires. Which isn't surprising because uh, if anybody's played the game Left for Dead, I'm pretty sure he's the voice of a bunch of the zombies. Oh, there you go. So he he can he gets a chance to exercise these little skills that he has, and he still puts it into the music quite well. So Mike Patton, you're you are you're a god of some kind, and we bow to you. <laughs> Cue that clip. Cue that clip. Stop that talk. <laughs> All right, number one, and wow, I totally missed this one. Uh, Marilyn Manson, The Pale Emperor. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I can't personally say anything about this because I haven't heard the album, but like, Marilyn Manson of all things. I I know you said you listened to it, Pete. Listen to it a little bit. I mean, look, I'll say this. Um, Compared to, like, Manson's old stuff, right, it's definitely... It's 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 good. It's a good Manson album. All right, okay. I can see it being on here. But personally, number one, even as good as it is, I don't think it, it should be here. Like I really do think, like based on this list, what, what's before us, it's Faith No More is number one. Mm-hmm. You know, like 
yeah. I don't know. If you're gonna take if you're gonna take what they put on the list already and reposition it, it shouldn't be where it is. Yeah. You know, because I actually listened to Portrait of American Family a few months ago, and I was like, man, this album sucks shit. Because I love that record. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I, I just, I was like, I don't see the appeal of this. They're not, like, if, well, I'm hoping it's the album I'm thinking of. If it's not that, it smells like children. But it's like, this isn't even an album. This is just, like, crap. It, it pissed me off what, for the four what, tracks which, I listened what, to. What was on it? I don't even remember. I, I throw my iPod to an album and I just kind of go. And I think it was Portrait of American Family because that's the first one, right? Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that was it. Oh. I was just like, man, this kind of sucks. I love that record, damn it. It kind of sucks. Of, of, of all of them, I think I like that one the most. Have you listened to it recently? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I go back and listen to, to Portrait of American Family every once in a while. I listen to it more than I listen to the Anthony Christ Superstar. Uh, well, I... I I have all of his early stuff. I got to listen to like everything mechanical animals and before I have, so I got to listen to it all. But like I tried listening to Portrait of American Family, I could not get into it. I just did not see the allure of it. I, I, I figured like maybe Smells Like Children would probably be a little bit more because that's that's more of a mixed bag of stuff. Mm. While Portrait of American Family was actually a cohesive album, mm. you know, I I, and I really liked that one. Like Cake and Sodomy, Lunchbox. That's a great track. I was I mean, not feeling it. Oh, man. Love that album. So Unless he's become more cohesive with Pale Emperor. Or, well, that's what the, well, that's, that's what this what, thing yeah. is saying, is that um, this is the album that he's been threatening to make since 1996, and all he needed was a little restraint. So it seems like he kind of, I don't want to say calmed down because this is Marilyn Manson we're talking about, yeah. but it looks like he actually put some more focus into what he was doing in the studio and not just going for like balls out. Exactly. Like you don't. Uh, what I remember what stood out to me like I always associate like Manson with a little bit of like that campy kind of aspect. I mean, especially just, his later stuff, especially yeah. like Mechanical Animals exactly. onward. There's not a lot of that on here, if any. Um, I mean, I think he has like one or two tracks that are kind of like that almost feel like they belong like kind of like like a dark rave or something like that. But other than that, I mean. Like you're just saying, it's 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 very well composed, like musically. I, uh, I I enjoyed it. I really did. I mean, if it weren't for the fact of this list, you know, I mean, I think we could all generally sing its praises. But mm -hmm. to rate it number one, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I didn't see that. I know. As soon as I posted this, and and you guys took the quick look at it, the comments coming back were like, oh, "Did you see number? One? Oh my fucking god! Why?" And I didn't even realize he had an album. <laughs> like, but it came out like real early. In the yeah, year. I think it came out really early in the year. So it was one of those things that like, I completely missed. So well, that was the Rolling Stone uh, top 20 metal albums of 2015. And I would say that we probably listened to about half of them. So there's another half that we need yeah, to catch up on. I mean, we, we started doing the podcast in August. And yeah. we, we caught up on a lot of new releases. Obviously, we, we miss a bunch. Yeah. But... Obviously, we missed a bunch more in the eight months that preceded us starting this thing. So hopefully when this comes next year, we'll be a little bit more prepared and know what's going down. Um, but with 2015 behind us, let's talk about top albums of the year for us. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know if you guys prepared anything. Not really. What I mean, what I decided I was going to do is I was going to take the lazy way out. That we've been doing this for five months. August through December is five months. So I was going to just going to do a top five, pretty much relisting my number ones in a top five order. Oh, that's fun. So um, I didn't put them in order right. I'm going to put them in order right here, right now. All right. So my number five is going to be Soilworks' latest record, The Ride Majestic. Um, 
I'm a huge fan of soil work. That's one of my other ones that you can cue the clip on. Um, I ride them so hard, and it's their last record was so good. It really came back down to a little less pretentious because their last record before this was their double record, um, and that seemed to have a little bit more filler on it. That it didn't necessarily need to be a double record. Um, but this one kind of stripped everything back down. It was very in your face and it was very soil work. If you like soil work with the big catchy choruses, this is right up your alley. Um, so I loved everything about it. Um, number four would be my number one from uh, November, which is the Russian band Kaun, who had that really good record about the um, Russian hikers that go into the mountains and are found dead. Um, that was just very eclectic musically had covered pretty much all your bases as far as um almost folky um obviously not the folky that you think about um but more like russian and siberian influences a little bit of black metal influence in there and also just just really good atmospherically and it was really cool that it was a, a concept record and when you listen to it you actually felt like you're going through this horrific journey with these people uh from the beautiful uh, soundscapes that kind of like you can picture like this the mountains at sunset to something very horrible happening to these people and just at the, the shift of a dime number three I'm going to throw in Baroness right there at the uh, at number three spot for the year um, again I'm going to save all my comments for the video just know that it's a fucking incredible record and it's my number one for December number two and number one they're going to be very much on the prog side of things. Number two, I'm going to throw Tesseract Polaris up there. Uh, they were my number one from September. And I just really love Tesseract. I love their sound. I love their melody, their sense of using the space that you're listening to left to right. Um, I love the, the transition they made back to their old vocalist because I don't think they missed a step going from Alter State to this record at all. If not, I think they sound better. Um, the song structures are a little bit simpler than Alter State was. While Alter State was a 51 piece of music continuously, you know, definitely discernible by tracks, but still a continuous piece of music. This one was had certain, just had songs, it had tracks, individual tracks, and they were all blended well together. Um, and then number one for me this year is Earthside. Um, they were my number one from October, and I could not say enough about this band. They combined everything I loved about Tesseract, including, and they added an orchestra in there, special guest vocalist from the singer of Tesseract and Lejean from Seven Dust. If I haven't talked about it enough, check out their video for the song Mob Mentality. It is an incredible track, and the album is just like that from beginning to end. They're the number one record for me of 2015. If you wanted to recap of those top five that Chris just mentioned, you can go to our YouTube page at youtube.com slash Temple because seriously, subscribe to my page. <laughs> Pete, carry on. Right. <laughs> so like we talked about, you know, it's been a pretty amazing year for groove metal and retro rock, and we've seen some really great releases from a lot of different bands. And if it weren't for the fact that Faith No More released an album this year, I'd probably have nothing but like groove metal on my top five. Uh, for me, it's just a genre that's worthy of like the recognition it gets. It's a sound that just spans like many different generations and a really great musical tradition. It's difficult to do right, you know, to capture that soul, the energy, the sadness. But when it is done right, it's something that becomes otherworldly, something that you just can't separate yourself from. Um, and when we talk, sometimes we talk about metal being oversaturated with a lot of different stuff, but this is something that 
I wouldn't mind having too many options for us. So number five for me is Honeymoon Disease, The Transcendence. I mean, this is addictive retro rock. This album features choruses and riffs that are far catcher than anything that should ever be allowed in music. And you throw in a really fierce 70s rock aesthetic by a Gothenburg band that obviously knows what it's doing, and you have an album that you should not miss. Um, and then number four is Graveyard, Innocence, and Decadence. Graveyard is a type of band that is perfect to play when you're drowning yourself in a bottle of whiskey in a musty old bar somewhere. Um, like, <laughs> I love it. Like Honeymoon Disease, these Swedes have harnessed that 70s rock aesthetic without stumbling into the realm of the silly. Theirs is a real true grasp of the bluesy and the soulful, and uh, Innocence and Decadence, their fourth full-length album, continues that channeling of the 70s with songs like Too Much Is Not Enough. Number three for me is Clutch, Psychic Warfare. Um, you know, we talked about them earlier. Um, I just got to, I was first introduced to them earlier this year when they were turning on Mastodon. Uh, subsequently got into Earth Rocker as a result. Um, look, these guys are just pure fucking rock. It's good shit. Um, now number two for me is Faith No More, Soul Invictus, which we've already talked about. I mean, it's Mike Patton, it's Faith No More. I echo everyone's sentiments earlier about this album. Um... And then number one for me, I don't think this is going to be anybody, any, a surprise to anybody, is Royal Thunder, Crooked Doors. And I've pretty much gushed enough about that, so I'll move <laughs> on. Daniel? I actually don't have a top five for the year. I find it hard enough to make top three albums for the month, uh, just because of the fact that everything is really goddamn good. However, it was a year where... A lot of phenomenal bands released albums, and I cannot be happier about that. Any year that, that some of my favorites release anything, I can be ecstatic. Again, Faith No More. Again, Iron Maiden. Uh, I can't think of much else, honestly, off the top of my head, but new material for my favorite stuff always makes me happy. I can look forward to a bunch next year. Um, well, why don't we just start talking about that right now? I mean, yeah, what, yeah. what are we all looking forward I'll, to in 2016? I'll, I'll call it right now. Abbott. That's, <laughs> that's, yeah, I think, I think, I think Pete's already called that for his number one that's, spot that's in, my in January. Spot. Like, <laughs> you can go ahead and start recording that. He, right has, pre- <laughs> he has pre-ordered the Giants bottle of Vaseline. <laughs> Cue that. Stop <laughs> That's four times I gotta include that clip this time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, of course, we, we've all talked about um, the upcoming Megadeth record. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So that I'm really excited for, only for the fact that I, I really hope it's a return to form from Super Collider, because we all know that that was a pile of shit. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got Chris Adler playing drums for him, and from based on the, the first two tracks that have come out, um, on the internet so far, I'm very, very excited for it. I think it's going to be a really good record, kind of like when he came back after his uh, after the short hiatus and he came back with um, what was that? System one? has failed. System has failed. Which like even that album was not like like crazy thrash. It was just a really, really good Megadeth album. Yeah, and so. uh, you know what? I, doesn't it doesn't necessarily need to be crazy thrash. It just needs to be. A good Megadeth record. And he yeah. writes really good songs. Yeah, I mean, Dave Mustaine has the capability of writing really good stuff. If he just keeps his politics out of it and keeps his mouth shut outside of outside of the band, I'll be perfectly happy. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, like I, I'm pretty sure that like I think that um, that one comes out later in the month, and that starts 
the trickle of like every single week something big is coming out until like mid March. Yeah, and like the other, another huge one that I'm looking forward to as far as prog rock goes is the new double disc from Dream Theater coming out. Oh, yes, I'm really stoked for that. I think that's the following week. Yeah. So, um, and then of course, metalcore legends. Let's just call them what they are. Killswitch Engage is coming out with a new record, mm-hmm. and it's their second one with Jesse back in the band. The first single I really liked, and I. I never disliked a Killswitch Engage record, but I'm just so much happier with Jesse in the band than I was with Howard Jones. Not because of Howard Jones' ability. He's a great singer. He's doing great stuff with Devil You Know. He did stuff with everything else, but Killswitch Engage with Jesse in the band is just so much better for me. I love his vocals. I love his lyrical content better than, than Howard Jones's. Um, just very excited for this record. Then let's not forget Dark Funerals coming out with yeah. another album early this mm-hmm. year. So that's something to look forward to as well. Um, so I'm looking at the... the I go to heavymetal.about.com. That's for those, the website. Thank that's you. the website that I go to to get a lot of the list that I go through for new releases on a weekly basis. Um, so January 22nd is going to be um, Abath and um, Megadeth. As well as... The Casualties of Cool re-release. Re-release, yeah, from Devin Townsend. Uh, as well as a couple... Uh, no, wait, sorry, wait. Is that right? Yes, a couple of Death Angel re-releases are coming out. Older stuff. Oh. And anybody's heard older Death Angel, it sounds like a slightly watered-down version of new Death Angel because they were like 15 at the time. Yeah. And they were still really fucking good. I'll say that. Death Angel's coming out with a new album next year, too. Yes, they are. And yeah. It's going to be really fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um, so those are going to be coming out on the 22nd, and then you got the following week, actually, sorry, uh, back on the 22nd, another Black Sabbath tribute album's coming out. Oh, really? Which is called, I believe, The Doom and Assault. I'm hoping that this is a whole bunch of doom metal bands covering Black Sabbath, because I like it when Black Sabbath is covered. It depends on the song, of course, but, I Plus, mean... Plus, doom metal covering Black Sabbath, it seems like it should have happened already. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's meant for that genre. Yeah. Actually, even even when, when, when you know, heavier, more quote-unquote extreme bands cover it, I have a, a Black Sabbath tribute album that is pretty pretty crazy. And even that still works. Even, even Six Feet Under's cover of Wrath Trial by Iron Maiden works. So, like... Anything of these classic bands is always cool to hear. Yeah. So new tribute, I'm happy about. I mean, expect in the next two three months some sort of tribute to come out to Lemmy. I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, so expect that. But things that are actually going to happen. Let's talk about the 29th of January, which is going to be a the big week, the big week for the brand new year. Because we're starting off with Avantasia. Oh yeah. New Avantasia, which I finally guess got caught up with buying their previous albums because I bought. Um, Angel of Babylon, and I bought uh, Mystery of Time, which I need to listen to. So I'm getting caught up with Avantasia, and now I can get ready for Ghost Lights, which is coming out the 29th. Uh, Black Tusk, which we mentioned earlier, yep. touring with uh, Royal Thunder. Yep. They're coming out with a new album on the 29th. Um, Dream Theater's album comes out on the 29th. Primal Fear's new album, mm. which is another one that I just got caught up on as far as their albums go, because you bought them for me for Christmas. Yep. So they're coming out with a new album on the 29th. Um, just another one or two mentions because why not? Uh, Prong mm-hmm. and there was another one I just saw here a second ago that was oh uh, Cult of Luna I've heard of before yeah They're I've heard of them split. forever yeah. so yeah twenty ninth seems to be a big day for metal that one we can look forward to um, 
talk about February 5th, Brainstorm. Anybody a fan of Brainstorm? No, from Just originally. German traditional heavy metal. They are fucking fantastic. And they don't change. They're always good. Just straight up great. Um, that Iron Mask is releasing an album this year. Iron Mask is like progressive power metal, kind of in this vein of Circle to Circle. I heard their last album, and holy fuck, it's awesome. Check that one out. A lot out. of holy fucks in this one. Yeah, a lot of holy fucks. We're going to issue a t-shirt line of this holy fuck. There's going to be holy fuck technical death metal. Holy fuck progressive death metal. Holy fuck progressive death metal. Holy fuck we'll, whatever we'll, the we'll fuck. Do, here's what we'll do. We'll do holy fuck, comma, and then say, like, in parentheses, adjective, and then genre music. <laughs> and that'll be our t-shirt. <laughs> look, look, look forward to it. 2016, folks. Um, but also on that same date, Rhapsody of Fire. Oh, yeah. I fucking love Rhapsody. Rhapsody of Fire. Or Lucatorio's Rhapsody. They're all the fucking same to me. It's awesome. I can't wait for it. Um, and then the 12th... Names. 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 Bands. <laughs> well, uh, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to like slowly lead into the last one that I know for sure is going to be awesome. Um, which is the 26th. And the new Anthrax album. February, oh yes, yes. I How can much, I forget that? Like I've been, I've been, I've been keeping an eye on the first two months of stuff, and that pretty much caps off where I've been paying attention to because the new Anthrax album, I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, I love the new the the first single that came out like last month. I thought it was great. I'm just really looking forward to it, and I really loved worship music, just like everybody else did. And if that's just a continuation of what they were doing on worship music, it's going to be a great fucking record. I'm hoping that they just kind of like pick it up and get even heavier. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I would want to mention for the sake of that man over there, Entombed AD comes out with an album the same go. day. Yeah. Yep. We yeah, we talked about that a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's going to be coming out on that same day. Um, otherwise, March will go into it later, but I mean... Just the first two months are looking to be a good album every single week, except for this week. I'm just hoping that like everything kind of continues on with the, the the current vibe of metal in just the music scene as a whole. Because this year kind of saw metal bands being a lot more recognized in the, the mainstream media mm-hmm. as far as like late night shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had Lamb of God was playing Jimmy Kimmel. So did Faith No More. Stephen Colbert had Ghost on. Uh, it just seems to be that there's more notoriety. There's a little bit of people actually paying attention to what we all consider to be incredible music. And it's just very encouraging. And on that same vein, um, I could see that I could see Baroness being the lead off of that because their record has a lot of crossover appeal. Mm-hmm. So would that be really cool to see? Yeah, I think in addition to getting like the mainstream appeal, also metal fans themselves starting to kind of expand their horizons with these very kind of eclectic types of genres that are starting to become popular. I mean, that's really good. I mean, yeah. you can see that we're not kind of just being pigeonholed into like, you know, really heavy or thrashy stuff. It's starting to like a lot of different things and it's showing, yeah. showing up on these lists. What I'm looking forward to in particular, again, we're mentioning these big names coming out with albums, like one, at least one big name coming out with an album every week starting maybe next week. If we recall our top three from October... We mentioned a lot of huge names as honorable mentions. mentions. Yeah, that's right. So if this stuff is this kind of big name stuff is coming out during um, in the regular time frame, I'm hoping that something blocks it out. Like as as good as I'm hoping the new Megadeth album is, I'm hoping that three things come out that 
push it out of the limelight. Yeah, me. actually, that's that's another thing I'm looking forward to. Since we started doing this, I've gotten into so much new music and mm-hmm. different types of music. And it's something I've been looking to do for a long time. And I just haven't been able to force myself to do it. And I say force myself in a good way here. It's not like I'm just I'm just chained to a computer listening to music because I have to. I really want to. And like I said, being involved with uh, skateboard marketing uh, has helped with that because they get their albums and I download them and then I go out and buy them. Um, and just finding new stuff every week or and every month. I mean... Like you said, our top our top three videos have featured bands that we just heard of, and they have come out with incredible music. Yeah. Even if the, even if the band has been around for several years, which is going to be one of my part of my top three for this this month, like even if they haven't if they've been around for a while, something's going to come along and just kind of kick it out of place. Yeah. So so that, that, that's what I'm hoping for is like even though these big bands are coming out with something and I'm really excited for it, I want somebody to just knock it out of place and say, "Yo, we're here too." So that's agreed. What that's what I'm hoping. Very much agreed. Does anybody have anything else to say about the next year aside from the fact that it's going to be cool and I'm looking forward to a bunch of concerts coming up in the first three months of this year? I'm actually just looking forward to continuing this. Actually, this has been really cool for all of yeah. us. I I'll, think. I want to make one mention though, which I mentioned to you before we started this. Um, we had done a um, I saw a show video on the band Jessica Hill. Their EP comes out on the 15th. I will be finding a way to pick that up, and I will also be trying to catch them opening up for Operation Mindcrime in, dis- oh, in February. Yes. I, I went to their site, saw that they were playing a show. It happened to be the same show that they're playing with Jeff Tate's Operation Mindcrime. Not so much about Jeff Tate's Operation Mindcrime, but I kind of want to see the show just because. Why not? But... New EP finally comes out. We've been waiting for it since we saw them a few yeah. weeks ago. Yep. Probably November we saw it. Um, so we've been stoked to hear it. Stoked to hear some studio stuff after seeing an amazing performance. Yeah, live. really. So, real. So we're looking forward to hearing what they're going to offer in the new year. So to them and to anything else that's coming around here in, in the next few months, we're ready for you. Shred Shack 2016 is going to knock you on the fucking ground. Yeah, baby. Yeah. We're going to try to... We're going to try our damnedest to double that 500 likes. Well, we have a full year now. Yes, we have a full year. Yeah, now that we're actually paying attention. And considering that we got 100 likes in, what, three, four months, I think we can pull that off. Yeah, especially, like, the other thing I'm really liking what we do is the social media thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Because our stuff blows up when we think post things on like Twitter or even Instagram, yep. lesser degree on Instagram, but mostly Twitter and Facebook. Mm-hmm. Like we got a lot of new likes. We got a lot of new recommendations mm-hmm. just through that alone. And that's also been proving to be very cool. Yeah. Which again, it's not like we're sitting there saying like, Hey, come notice us. It's like we, we do it because we actually want to stretch the music. We want to, we want to get other bands recognition. And and yes, again, it does double back to us, but we're simply just trying to get everyone into the music that's out there because there's a fuck ton of it. Yeah, there is. So check it out. I have an entire list on my whiteboard at home of social media highlights I need to catch up on. I do not. <laughs> my whiteboard is partially empty. <laughs> it tells me all the things that I should be editing, but I'm not. <laughs> Prepare. <laughs> Prepare for, for the poster video number two, which... The first one came out four months ago. <laughs> well, fuck. But, yes, we are going to be stepping it up this year, and we will be talking about it in a future little 
special segment. Um, but for right now, I think we are done for the night, and we will make our curtain call. Until next time, subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash adamantstemplum, for more Shred Shack-related content, including interviews, editorials, concert reviews, and the like. Uh, I believe our top three will be up by next Friday. By the time this is posted, this will be Monday, so you have to wait five days. Not too long. But we already told you what most of our top three is anyway, except for Pete. Pete's been quiet. Yeah, no. <laughs> I got my top three, so. Um, you can also check out my YouTube channel for my Let's Play series, Recreational Warfare, which has just started as, restarted as of today. Star Fox Assault. Everyone loves Star Fox. Uh, if you want to follow my up for the minute... <laughs> the blank expression on Pete's no, face. No, I mean, I, I like Star Fox. Don't get me wrong. But... Okay. okay, this is Latter-day Star Fox. So it's misinterpret. Like, it's... Was it Star Fox Assault? I don't know. It's somewhere between like the good Star Fox and the meh. <laughs> the fuck Star Fox <laughs> that's where it is somewhere wow. between Star Fox 64 and the fuck <laughs> and a turd um, but if you want more up to the minute updates and, up to the minute updates and news about myself follow my Twitter account at username Novus Redemptor Chris take it away you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at uptheiron3314 for my adventures in uh, fitness and anything about this show really kind of keep up to date on that um, speaking of fitness, it is the new year. Anyone in the San Antonio area, I am a personal trainer. If you are looking to lose a few pounds, get a little bit more muscular, lift some heavier weights, contact me on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash up the iron three, three, one, four. Pete's one of my clients. You can attest to the fact that I actually do a reasonably good job. I do attest to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, other than that, you can just uh, keep up to date on my Facebook page, uh, my personal Facebook page. Just become my friend, Chris McDonald, uh, where I keep up to date with all of my stuff for the podcast, fitness, and more and more nerd stuff, specifically Star Wars and Tolkien. And it's, it has been, what, minus, minus a I've couple of seen the movie twice. <laughs> <laughs> it is now, like, what... 21 days SW colon <laughs> we are, we are, we are, we are now living in a post force awakened world okay yeah. <laughs> yes. and it is glorious yes I, and it's a very polarized world I love the fact that now I can go ahead and like before the movie came out I refused to read any kind of fan theories or any of that nonsense I did I just wanted to watch the movie now I can read all the fan theories and see how how crazy people get about these movies, and it is so much fun. Yeah, spoiler so alert! Re- spoiler alert! Greedo shot first. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Pete. All right, and you can follow me on Twitter at Abyssal Sun. And my New Year's resolution is to do some more stuff on social media to actually advertise, as Dan would say. <laughs> Pete's going to advertise. Uh, Actually, we're going to try to get Pete onto our Facebook page so he can post those stuff as we do because we post a lot of dumbass shit. Yeah. Like, Come on, that King Diamond 2016 face was perfect. Which, which <laughs> the, I'm pretty sure the poster that preceded it was um, the one about the guy throwing the beer bottle. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to make uh, – I'll have that be my uh, primary Twitter account from now on. I'll be posting more about my thoughts on stuff as I review music. And, yeah, so that way I'll have more of an online presence with these guys. I will also say that we are still at work on our Nightmare uh, World review, which we mentioned in the last podcast. It will be coming out very soon. It's just, uh, again, I was sick. I could not, you know, leave the bathroom long enough to go make a review. And then, you know, family in town for holidays. Yeah, also, if you do not recall that last week was Christmas, 
Uh, if you don't know what Christmas is, maybe like look up like see also Hanukkah, Kwanzaa stuff. It was a holiday. Leave us alone. <laughs> However, we are hard at work on it. And to answer the individual who um, requested that we review the album, it's really fucking good. Yeah, we enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, we have some things to say, but man, it's fucking good. Um, but expect that in the coming weeks, and expect more uh, reviews from us here in the Shred Shack Texas end uh, in the coming months. We hope to do one once a month if we have the time. And how do we how do we gonna pick that? Um, I will tell you that once we stop being handed albums to review. Good point. Okay. Yes. You got it. Yes. Um, that should be a sign that we are quite hustling and bustling. Yes. But if you're hearing this right now, I will assume that you found your way to our, our Mixcloud page, mixcloud.com slash the Shred Shack, which is currently your primary source for all previous installments of the Shred Shack podcast, as well as recordings of the Shred Shack live radio show. Speaking of that live radio show, you can tune into Pat and Reese every Wednesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for two hours of heavy metal and banter. Banter is often funny, which is what we try to aim for. We need more funny. Yeah, metal can't be so serious all the time. Yeah, seriously. You can't just be all grumpy. You can't have that, that mean mug and King Diamond look all the time. Not all the time. Please do not hurt us, sir. We love you. <laughs> He'll come down from <laughs> Dallas and kick your ass. <laughs> Get that motherfucker on the... That would actually that would be actually kind of cool because then we can interview him about that ass kicking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if you want to find the link to the weekly show as well as any and all Shred Shack related updates on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Shred Shack. Until next time, I'm Dan Mack. And this is Chris Mack. And I'm Pete. Reminding you that the world is full of kings and kings.